For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome aboard National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Please hit the like button. We appreciate everybody that comes aboard with us one step closer to the start of the National Football League season on September 11th. I cannot wait to see all the storylines that we're going to see in the 2022 season. By the way, if you haven't been watching the hard knocks on the Detroit Lions, you're missing out. That's the Eagles' first opponent. And I'm going to tell you something, man. I don't know what that score is going to look like. And I don't know how close that game is, but that fight's going to be close. They're going to fight them. The Eagles are a better team, better roster. I don't know, better coached. But I do believe that this Lions team is going to put up a fist fight. And anytime that you have an opponent that walks into a fight and is prepared to fight, don't be shocked that they showed up because you think you're better. And you've been reading all your press clippings. And I'm not sitting here trying to tell anybody or mislead anybody by saying that the Lions are going to be like a six or seven game improve from a year ago. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they look different. It's a different attitude. I see a lot of Chris Spielman's attitude in that team along with Dan Campbell. Okay? Just saying, man. They're going to show up. They're going to show up for the fight. You better be prepared to show up for a fight too because that's their plan. They're going to play hard. They're going to work hard and let the chips fall where they may. So if you've not been watching Hard Knocks, you should because you're going to get a different temperature with the Lions compared to how the Eagles have been preparing during training camp. It's a different vibe, I think. Now, again, do I think the Eagles are better? Absolutely. Across the line. Across the line. But how many times do you see crazy things happen in week one? You know, and I'm one of those guys, I want to be overprepared when the NFL season starts. I don't want to be underprepared. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate everybody stepping in with us. King, thank you so much for coming aboard. I think they will too, but we still win. I agree with you, King. I, I, I... The Eagles win that game. But it's going to be a fist fight. Okay? It's going to be a fist fight. Jay, appreciate you coming aboard. Kyle, thank you so much. How you doing, Danny boy? Please hit the like button. I, I, I'm done with the Pauly Shore stats. I really am. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to the greatest practice player in the history of the NFL here in a minute. Boy, I'll tell you something, man. Nick Sirianni. 
has dubbed Jalen Hurts the greatest practice player in the history of the National Football League. What a distinction. The greatest practice he's ever had, okay, since our coaching staff's been in the building. The greatest. Who says that? I'm going to get to that here in a minute. But I will say this to you, okay? (laughs) Hey, dude, absolutely. Greatest practice he's ever had since he's been a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, as long as their staff's been in the building. Who gives a shit about that, Nick? Nobody cares about that except you. And it was important for you to get that out there, that he practiced great. Well, welcome to the NFL, kid. This leads me to the coach here. I'm going I'm to use Bill Belichick as an example here for Nick Saban here and for Bill Belichick and coaches like that who constantly have to always adapt to what's going on around them and how they change and how they stay in the game. I'll even go back and I'll give you one with Don Shula. So Don Shula had his greatest success with who? What quarterback? Do you guys know? What quarterback gave Don Shula his greatest success? Wasn't Marino. It was a guy who balanced the the attack. What is that thing you like to call a game manager? They ran the ball. And Bob Greasy, who some people think shouldn't even be a Hall of Famer, led that team to three straight AFC championships, two straight Super Bowls, and then guess what? One of those teams happened to be undefeated. It wasn't Dan Marino. He got to one or two, I think it was, AFC championships. Greasy won three in a row. And one of those teams was undefeated. What did, what did Don Shula do once he got Marino, though? He evolved into a passing coach. That's how you stay in the game and win over 300 games. That's how you stay a coach. Look at John Harbaugh. He's just Joe Flacco. All of a sudden, he has Lamar Jackson. He evolved into the style of play of the quarterback that's on his team. What's happened to Bill Belichick in New England? And I'm going to get to Sirianni here in a minute. Why don't take what he did last year and put a stamp on him as a good coach. You still have to evolve every year that you're a coach in this league because coordinators are evolving too, and they're going to shut down all of your favorite things that you like to do in a ball game. You know what's happened to Belichick in New England? The league's caught him. He doesn't have the same talent. And when the talent is not in New England, like it's been for 20 years, which is remarkable that it even lasted that long, most of the time it lasts what? Five years? Hell, look at what the Eagles had. It lasted two years. When they won that Super Bowl in 17, their real true window for Super Bowls after that win in 17 was one year. Didn't really last long. So for it to last 20 years, you got to have talent in the building. You got to have the quarterback in the building. What's happened now is that, that stigma that he once had where when Belichick walks on the field, he's the greatest game adjuster of all time, in-game adjustments, there's nobody better than Belichick. 
However, he doesn't have the signal caller, so the league's caught him. The league's caught him not in coaching philosophy. He just doesn't have the same personnel to fit what they're doing. They're basically going through an identity change. They're going from Brady to the new New England Patriots. It happens. For it to have lasted that long is remarkable, and that's what's going to make him a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now let's go to Sirianni. You think Sirianni, if he runs the same offense that he did a year ago, that football team will win, if they're lucky, eight games. You're going to be coordinated against to your strengths of a year ago. And Nick has got to show, and that's why it's essential that Jalen grows as a passer. Because those run lanes aren't going to be as wide open against the good football teams when you play them. Because they're going to do everything they can, and their defensive coordinators get paid too. Are going to be game planning every single thing that you did great last year. There's game film on you. That's why the second year for quarterbacks traditionally is one of the most roughest because they're evolving, but these coordinators, man, they put these game plans together. You know what they're going to make the Eagles do? In 2022, every single football team, before you get to the bye in week seven, they're going to make you throw the ball to beat them. They're going to do everything in their power because the only thing I fear, I don't fear A.J. Brown because I don't fear a quarterback. Now, A.J. Brown and Kirk Cousins or A.J. Brown and Joe Burrow, I'm petrified of that guy. Why do you think Tyreek Kill is crying out loud now about him getting bumped from Kansas City because he sees what he has in Miami? He's not going to have the same numbers. In Miami, he'll never live here. Here is a statement for you. Tyreek Hill will never live up to that contract in Miami. With that quarterback as his guy, he will never. He will never put the numbers up that he put up in Kansas City. Mark my word, that's a prediction. Okay? That's a prediction. I don't fear A.J. Brown until I find out if the quarterback can make plays. See, I talked to you as a realist. Remember what I told you about potential yesterday? Dan, they got the best potential in the NFC East. Well, potential means you haven't done it. So, Shane Steichen and Jalen and Nick have to evolve this year. Coaches get caught all the time. Bill Walsh said there's usually a 10-year window for NFL head coaches before, one, the locker room's not listening to you anymore, or guess what? You just run out of talent. Most of the time, that's, that's why those two dynasties that they had in New England, because of Brady and his work ethic, are remarkable. You don't see those gaps like that. When it comes to winning a Super Bowl 10 years apart, you just don't. It doesn't work like that. Salary cap issues. Rosters constantly changing. Coaches getting caught up with. Okay? There's no question that this coaching staff has to evolve this year. There's more question marks for me on the coaching staff than on Jalen Hurts or the offense. I don't buy them yet. 
Now, today they didn't have a dual practice with the Dolphins because the Dolphins have some sort of virus. Okay, that's fine. We'll see. And it really doesn't matter if the Saturday game's on or off. They're going to play people, and they're looking really for the last 5% of their roster right now, which guys should be cut, which guys shouldn't be cut. They pretty much know already who their guys are going to be. When it comes to getting down to their 53, I think that's next Tuesday. So, I mean, they already know. This is about one or two or three guys left on the roster that they've got to make a decision on, or they go into the open market and see if there's anybody out there on the street. That's what they're going to do. Okay? That's what they'll do. But make no mistake. Hey, how about this? I don't know. I, I, I look at the way that the coaching staff has been with the overboard of kudos to Jalen Hurts. It's obnoxious. It's utterly obnoxious. It's, it, it's obnoxious. This guy had the greatest practice of all time. Dude, nobody talks like that. I've never heard an NFL coach in my life playing or covering him say that about his quarterback. This guy had the greatest, the greatest practice I've ever seen since we've been in the building. Why is that important to you? Why is that important that you have to sell it so that your team hears it and your quarterback hears it? Doesn't he know it? Dude, usually when you're great, you don't have to be told. You know it. I don't hear Andy Reid going, this guy here, man. I mean, unbelievable. Should have seen him in practice today. Or Josh out. I don't hear any of that. But two and two. They're overcooking it. I've if you learn anything from me, anytime someone's overselling you something, be cautious, it's a red flag. Guy comes to you and says, dude, this is the greatest car you've ever seen. You don't need to do any background check on it. It's unbelievable. Look at it. Just look at it. You know, most of the time, people look at the exterior of a book or a movie on the, like, you know, the, the big billboards. And sometimes the billboard's better than the movie. Damn, look at that premiere. Look at that. Look at those shots of the movie. This thing looks great. You go to the movie and you're like, it was a three-hour waste of time. You're like, that wasn't all that hot. Don't overcook it. Because it's going to be a hard fall for you, Nick. If that kid gets out to a slow start and everybody's been sold a bill of goods in Philly and around the league, People are going to shit on that coach. They're going to look at Nick Sirianni for overcooking it going, dude, you told us this guy was the guy. You've been selling it to us this way. And if you're an Eagle fan, why wouldn't you buy it? And by the way, you want to trust your coach, your organization? I'm totally on board with that. I'm not I'm not saying – I'm just saying pump the brakes here a little bit. And, and then, then you've got the media sources out there constantly just feeding into it. And you're like – This is all potential talk. Kyle says, you're looking too far into it, Sills. I'm not reaching anything. When someone overcooks something or oversells me something, I'm going to do more due diligence and homework on it. Aren't you? The greatest practice of all time. Okay? Greatest practice of all time. Okay? Okay? Hey, dude, 
See, you know one thing I'll tell you about Xander Kraus. Xander Kraus is one of the greatest Eagle football fans I've ever seen. Okay? He's passionate. He's loyal to the soil. All of that. You know what he says, though? There's a percentage of us here in Philly. Okay? A percent of a percentage. Not a high one. Bunch of yes men in Philly could be the biggest weakness here. That's right. Real men thrive when there's competition. And by the way, this is not really an indictment on Jalen. This is more on Nick. This really almost has nothing to do with Jalen. I'm not ripping Jalen. This has almost nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. Honest to God, he's the subject, but I'm not aiming this at him. And if it's landing there, you're wrong. I'm not... Jalen's done nothing wrong, but go out and get ready for the 2022 season. I said that yesterday. So make sure it's landing there for you. I'm not talking bad about Jalen. I'm talking shit on Nick. I'm talking shit on Nick. You know, one day the T-shirts and the comments and the Kobayashi videos and all that shit's going to catch his ass, and he's going to be caught in the bind when he's going to go, hey, the guy was 14 to 31 for three picks. And they got beat by the Lions. Nick, what's up? And when you have to answer that, all that shit you did and all that back talking, because let me tell you something. Nick Sirianni's going to be gauged on every single game that he coaches this year in 2022. Because people in Philly are going to be doing this. Was it a one-year wonder? Was it good coaching? Is he a good coach? Because right now, if you're saying the same thing about Jalen Hurts and doing this, well, Jalen's in a prove-it year for me. So is Nick. They beat shit teams last year. And again, they got better in the back end of the schedule when the teams weren't good. Okay? A player should crave competition. Hey, big picking. You know, it's funny you should say that. You know one of the reasons why people go to Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, or back in my time, Miami. You know why? My, my thing was this. If I can't start at Miami, I can't play in the NFL. You know why people go to Alabama? Wideouts and all them guys? Linebackers? You know why they go to Bama? If I can't start at Alabama, I can't star in the NFL. What's the sense of starring at UConn? Playing four years there. And you're a seventh rounder and your dream ends. I'd rather play one year at Alabama than four years at UConn. I made that very clear. Hey, if I played one year, that's fine with me. I played and started on the greatest dynasty next to Alabama's dynasty in the last 50 years in college football. I'd rather have that distinction than playing four years at UConn or Syracuse. Wouldn't you? Because that's competition. Behind me is Russell Maryland, number one overall selection in the draft. Cortez Kennedy, Hall of Famer. Guys coming in, we're sapping them guys. Nobody's beating me out. That's competition. That's competition, creating competition. Look at what Jeff Stoutland does. Jeff Stoutland's got competition, and that's why those guys play like that. There's no competition on the other side of the defense because – Jonathan Gann is still learning how to create competition on his team. 
Jonathan Gannon is so far behind Jeff Stoutland. It's it, it's like high school and the pros. He's so far behind him as a coach. It's evident in the approach and how they prepare for games. That Cleveland game was a great example of it. Great example of it. Paul says Gannon's got to go. Gannon's going to be his own undoing. By the way, Hollis Thomas in hour number three at 530. I'll ask Hollis because I'm with you guys, man. Okay, I can't, I can't take that. I can't take that soft-ass mentality. I just can't. By the way, is Miles Sanders still on the um, injured list? Jesus, criminy. This guy's made of balsa wood. Is he ever going to play? Good grief. Still says, bullshit doesn't matter where you play. If you can ball, you can ball. Tia, I, wasn't, I was talking competition, my friend. I'm not talking about being found. I like competition. I want to go to the best places on the planet and compete with the best players on the planet. That's what I wanted. I'm not saying that you can't find somebody at like Tennessee Chattanooga or Alcorn State or Mississippi Valley State. I'm not saying that. I never said that. I said I like competition. I'm going to the place that has the best players on the planet and they're 10 deep and I'm going to beat them all out. I like to compete. You don't like to compete? That's fine with me. I do. William says, soft tissue injury for Sanders. Must be his heart. Must be his heart. Jesus, cry me, kid. Was this guy making business decisions? But, oh, no, you know what? I forgot. He's already made the team, so he didn't really have to practice hard. I think Belichick could have cut that guy. I do. I think Belichick or Saban would have sent that guy out of town. Sorry, kid. We're too deep here. I'd rather go at it with Gainwell and Boston Scott and sit around and wait for your ass to tell us whether you're injured or not. Not happening. I need guys I can count on. I need guys that'll be there every Sunday for me. I can't have this stuff. I just can't. No disrespect to you. You're probably a great kid. I think a lot of you, not here. I'm out. Okay. Still, I don't Still, we're going to agree to disagree. I like playing at giant programs and beating all the five-star kids out. You're talking about Jerry and T.O., I never said you can't find Jesus Christ. Jesus criminy. <laughs> I like going to big programs and beating every kid they got in the place out. Some of these guys go to smaller schools and get found or superstars in the NFL. Congratulations. That's not what my that's not my point. It's so far from my point. You're not even really gathering the point. Anyway, Miles has missed the same number of practices that Devontae Smith did. He has. It's, I don't ever remember Miles Sanders. I can't remember the last time I've seen him. I mean, I, 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 I can't remember the last time I've seen him in a game or in a practice. 
And I thought it was only like a week that uh, Devontae was out. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Florida Gator fan, back in the day, you know what I'm talking about with those Gator teams. With the great wall of Gators, with Lomas and them dudes. Or how about Neil Anderson, Lorenzo Hampton, and John L. Williams in the backfield? Those are the guys I played against. Woo! Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, let me move on here. I got another issue here. Or not an issue, but a question. So, again, Nick telling us how great a practice player. But, hey, I'll tell you this, though. The Miami Dolphin fans are doing the same thing to Tua. So I posted up there. I go, I just don't think Tua's the guy because I heard some really bad stuff yesterday off the record from a guy, and he said, this guy throws ducks. He is not a very good deep passer. He's accurate in short game, but he's not a very good deep passer. Okay, and when you got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell on your team and you can't throw the ball deep, you got troubles getting the ball deep, that's a problem for me. And I said this, I go, even Chris Greer and the Miami Dolphins for the last three years have been trying to replace the kid with either Brady or Deshaun Watson. They haven't done a very good job at being at least keeping that in the front office. That stuff has been very public. They've been trying to replace him for three years. And I say it and everyone's like, oh yeah, you're just a hater. Your own organization hates the kid. They hate him. Not still saying it. They hate him. If it wasn't for the bag of money that was dumped by Lake Erie, he's a dolphin probably. He's probably a Miami dolphin. Dillard to the Cowboys for a third. You really think that you're going to try to help the Dallas Cowboys out How many days out from the start of the regular season? Why would I do that? They're weak right now. Why would I help the Dolphins out for a draft pick next year? So what, they can run the ball down my throat? Because that Jonathan Gannon defense hasn't shown me shit about stopping the run yet. Okay? Why Why would I help the Cowboys? As a matter of fact, that's my next topic here. Why would I do that? For a third rounder next year. Yeah, yeah, Xander's right. A one? We got a different conversation coming up. But a third? I could sit back and make the Buccaneers maybe give me a one. Buccaneers are in desperate need. Hey, by the way, I'd rather give that Andre Diller to the Giants. They're five years away from competing. I'd rather give him to him and them than the Cowboys. The Cowboys are still... Con- I'm going to show you what some sports betters think. What they think of the Cowboys versus the Eagles. I'm going to do that here in a minute. Okay? And here's the topic. Should the Eagles trade Andre Dillard and Jalen Rager? Should they trade him? Here. It's a big conversation going around the league right now. Because Andre Dillard's stock is skyrocketing. Dude, watch this. And you know what people are saying in Philly? You know, he, he's, he's a good player, but 
he's not good enough to start here. You know what everyone else around the league is saying? So wait a minute, he's not good enough to start in Philly? Well, he could start here. Dude, if you trade a starter, you better get a one back. Especially an O-lineman. We ain't talking about trading a safety here. If I'm trading a starting, and Andre Dillard goes into that particular building, and they go into that building, and they start, and you don't get a one for that, and he's a division rival, you're dumb. So you give the Cowboys a starting left tackle for a third rounder that doesn't help me until next year, and those guys get to blast me with that same player I had on my team that I could have sent somewhere else that wouldn't have done the damage that that kid potentially could do to me? How does that even make sense? Why would you think that would make sense? And then I'm not suggesting anybody in here thinks that. Okay? But there are some people that are like, hey, trading to Dallas. Trading to Dallas? <laughs> yeah, Xander goes, we got Smitty by trading with Dallas. Yeah, because they lost out on who they wanted at defensive back, and it was in the offseason. You're talking about, what, 10-plus days away from the start of the season or September 11th? Not happening. That was April. That was April two years ago where no one plays the next day after the draft. (laughs) I'm not trading you for a third-round draft choice with weeks out from the start of the season. That ain't happening unless I'm getting some. And as a matter of fact, I'd be thinking about trading him in the AFC. I'd see who wants him first there. And if you have a safety that potentially I could make that deal with, I want a one and a starter. Because that's the value. Here, would we agree? Here are the most important positions in the National Football League. Quarterback. Edge rusher. Wide out. Corner. Fill in the blank. Those are the premium paid positions today in the league. It's not running back. Wide receiver, tight end, maybe modify that a bit. Linebackers. Defensive tackles. Okay. The kid from the Bears couldn't get a sniff out of big deal, so he signed... A lesser deal with the Bucks, the kid Hicks. <laughs> the- Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There weren't a lot, unless you're Boza or somebody like that or Khalil Mack or Von Miller, guys who are edge rushers, you're not getting that big money. You're not getting that money. 
Those are your premium positions and the money you pay for. Okay? Isn't it funny? When you think about it, the Eagles don't pay for a premium quarterback. They're kind of paying $15 million for an edge rusher. That's still under what a franchise tag would be. So they're paying under market value for your edge. Hassan Reddick is making under market value for edge rushing. He is. Okay. He, he's not being paid premium money. And your corner, you're kind of under market again with Slay. So, I mean, it's not like you're paying at the premium positions because of the quarterback. The Eagles are not really paying a lot of money outside of wide receiver when it comes to the premium positions in the league today. Outside of wide receiver, they don't really invest any money in anything except the O-line. And that's a big thing. I'm not suggesting that's not. And especially when you're as deep as they are. Okay. I'll take a first for Andre Dillard. I'm not taking, hey, and by the way, here's why I don't do this. Dude, if it's not a one, and it's not something that could come back and bite me later in the year. I'm not trading him to the Packers because Bakhtiari's injured or he's been limping around the last two years. I'm not doing that. Why would I strengthen the Green Bay Packers? I may have to face them in the opening round of the AFC, excuse me, NFC championship game or the NFC playoffs. I'm not doing it. I'm clearly not going to do it inside my division unless it's a one. If the Giants come to me and go, here's a one, I'm doing it with New York all night long. They're five years from, a, from competing. Their quarterback is terrible. Here, that's right. Let me, let, me, let me give Andre Dillard to the Cowboys for Dak. Holy cow. Are you crazy? Offseason? Man, we'll have a little bit more of a conversation where I might be more open to it. That week's out from the start of the season. And I got to see you. In week six, (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. Bro, the Bengals ain't trading Bates. They're not. They're pretty comfortable. And Tobin's pretty comfortable with what they have right now when it comes to the O-line. They did a lot of work on that O-line. Okay? They did a lot of work in, in, in that offensive line. Miles Sanders and Jalen Rager to Baltimore for Chuck Clark in a fourth. Why would they take an injured player? You know what I'm saying? Why would they take an injured player? Dillard for Saquon. Giants ain't doing that. Number two pick in the draft overall. That's not working. Okay. So Dallas Goddard makes more. He's the third highest paid. Okay. Tight end and wide receiver. Kind of the same position, like I said. Okay. Other than that, they don't pay any money at corner. They're under value there. Edge rusher, they're under market value. Quarterback, they're crazy under market value. All the good teams pay corners. Green Bay. Quarterback, they don't have a wide out now. They spread the money defensively. But if you look at what the Rams do, the Rams have quarterback, wide receiver, cornerback, and pass rusher. 
Those are the premium positions that they pay. Think about that. The reason they're world champions, because those are the positions that they put all their economic resources in. Shit, they let Von Miller go because you know why? They still got Aaron Donald, the best pass rusher in the sport. They got Jalen Ramsey, one of the top three corners in the sport. Cooper Cup had one of the greatest seasons, if not the greatest single season in NFL history last year. And they got a quarterback they just gave a contract extension to. And they're paying him $40 million a year. They spend the money there. A little bit more on Andre Dillard. I'm going to do that here. And also with Jalen Rager. I'm going to do that. I got some other stuff here I want to hit on. What really the sports bettors are thinking about the Eagles this coming season, too. You know, the guys that actually put their money up for it. I want to do that. Hey, but guys, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Don't forget, if you're hurt or injured on the job, there's only one place to turn, and that is Morgan & Morgan. For the past 30 years, Morgan & Morgan has collected over $13.5 billion for their clients, making them the biggest law firm in the country. That's right. No such thing as a small case. When you call Morgan and Morgan, over 800 attorneys strong, like I said, makes them the biggest attorney firm in the country when it comes to protecting your rights. No case is too small or no such thing as a fender bender. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. They're open 24-7, seven days a week. The consultation's free and the call is free. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor, tell them Dan Celio sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan and Morgan for the people.com. your day with confidence definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand and keep your family safe with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes well over seven inches of rain your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising right now keeping you prepared wherever you watch on tv on 6abc.com and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you action news and accuweather the team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. 
go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sales. Please hit the like button. Don't forget in hour three, Hollis Thomas. We appreciate everybody coming aboard. Let me show you what ego can do to people. And how sometimes when you look at a coach, sometimes you just look at the exterior and not true context of what that coach delivers each and every single Sunday for your team. Let me show you why John Gruden has been the most overrated football coach in NFL history. If you look at John Gruden's overall record, let me do that, okay? And by the way, I don't know. I'm going to show you something here. I, I don't know this, so I could be shut down on this. And what is John Gruden's overall NFL coaching record? Okay, John Gruden has a 513 win percentage. He's won 122 games and lost 116 games. He's six games over 500. You think that's a great coach or a $10 million a year guy? I'm not even talking about the stupid emails. I'm talking about overhyping a coach because he's been on TV and because he's in the media and he's a media darling, or he was. That guy's the most overhyped coach in history. And where I'm going with this is it's now being reported that the Raiders were in conversation with Tom Brady and the deal was done and Gruden exonated. You want to hear what somebody told me? In Tampa? You guys remember the name Bruce Allen? Bruce is a dear friend of mine. Got in trouble with John, unfortunately, for those emails. I've known Bruce Allen 40 years. It's true. Favre wanted to play in Tampa. They had a deal lined up and secured to bring Brett Favre from Green Bay to Tampa Bay and John Gruden exonated so that he could be the star of the team. Imagine that. 
you had a chance at cementing your legacy with Favre and with Tom Brady. And your ego is so fucking big that you can't get out of your own way to the detriment of your players. You don't deserve to be a head coach. That's not coaching. You're not giving yourself a chance to win with Tim Rattay and Jeff Garcia. Gruden wanted you to have the perception that he was this play-calling guru that won that championship in Tampa, and it wasn't Dungy who constructed the castle. That is right there a prime example of one's ego and him putting a game plan in. And if you don't run it the way he runs it, he runs you. Instead of building game plans around players. That's why they don't want these old coaches like that anymore. They don't want guys like John. It's not because John Gruden and those pathetic emails he had. It's because of that pathetic mentality. Do it my way or we're running you. That's not how you build, and that's not how you win ball games. The coaches are supposed to conform to the ability around your roster. That's why Sirianni's your head coach, and Doug Peterson's not. Sirianni's your coach because you know why? Sirianni's going to take Howie Roseman's Eagle roster and coach it. John Gruden would never do that. And there lies the difference in today's coaching mentality and the old school coaching mentality. That's why guys like Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick, they're fossils. And you see it happening now. Tom Brady's not in the building. Bill Belichick to me, you know what he looks like? Cleveland Bill Belichick. He looks like Cleveland Bill Belichick. Not great, not spectacular. They haven't won a playoff game in three years, but he's built so much equity up, he gets the benefit of the doubt, saying that he's going to have a defensive coordinator calling offensive plays this year. And you know what people say? I guess so. But everyone knows it's dumb. Carroll trying to convince you, Geno Smith and Drew Locke, he may play both guys. What is he playing? You think he's playing the Oregon Ducks? That's not winning football. Letting Russell Wilson roll out of your building, you should have retired. What would you rather do? Retire with people still looking at you as a great coach with Russell Wilson or now how they're going to perceive you with Drew Locke and Geno Smith? Some of these guys stay too long and they are their own undoing. You're watching Belichick and Pete Carroll unravel. I think the Dolphins are the second best team in the AFC East this year. Well, what's up, brother? It's crazy. So John Gruden didn't want to coach Brett Favre or Tom Brady. He'd rather coach Tim Rattay and Jeff Garcia and Brad Johnson, who I love and we're friends. No disrespect. See, look at look at look at John Gruden how he looks coaching compared to check this out. So John Gruden, look how he looks and how you perceive him. He took Brad Johnson to a Super Bowl. If Favre was that quarterback, Favre would have did the same thing, but it would have been better. And you know what? Get this. <laughs> it, 
What would have been crazy about it is they would have went. John Gruden didn't win that. Favre won it. Talk about ego getting in the way. I could have coached Brett Favre, who still let shit left. Okay? And I could have had Tom Brady, who won a Super Bowl in 2020. I could have had the guy. But I didn't want to because my ego was too big. Man, how do you justify that as an owner when you hear it? If you're Mark Davis or you're the Glazers, that you could have had Brett Favre. You know who confirmed that story? Chris Sims today. That Favre was going to be a buccaneer. There was a deal on the table. Chris Sims did. You know how Sims knows he was there. Pretty crazy, man. Dungey's defense won that Super Bowl. Eh, pretty good offensively. They did a good job running the ball with Allstott and with Ward Dunn. And, you know, hey, I thought Joe Jervicious was great that year, too. I did. I thought he was great. But the defense was the catalyst in that game against the Raiders in San Diego that propelled them to the Super Bowl. You know, John knew everything. I think Bill Callahan was the head coach of the Raiders at the time, and he knew him very well in the whole thing. John had put that staff together without Davis. It was never really going to be, you know, any other outcome. And like I said to you guys before, the winner of that NFC championship game between the Eagles and the Buccaneers was going to go on and wax the Raiders anyway. I, I believe to this day, I still think that that Eagle team would have waxed that Raider team too. Same way. Okay? Same way. All right. A little bit more on this, Andre. Here, and here, here's something else, too, on the Dillard stuff and Rager. Would I be willing to get rid of Rager? You're not getting – and, folks, do me a favor. Do not talk to me any longer about Jalen Rager and a standalone trade unless it's for a lesser player that's on the roster, an unproven player, okay? Because right now, if you put Jalen Rager out there, you're, you're only going to get a backup in return or an aged veteran. You're not going to get a first-round starting guy out there. You're not. You're going to have to cover this like they did with the J-Jaw trade. You get someone back who could contribute to your team because you're weak at that position like safety. That would be something there, okay? And I agree. But Rager standing alone for a high pick, Jalen Rager and Andre Dillard, I'll tell you what I would want out of that. If I gave you Jalen Rager and Andre Dillard, I would demand a one and a two and a starter. Okay, Jalen Rager, you'd be lucky to get a seventh rounder. It sounds better. When you put a former first rounder next to a guy who's perceived as a starting guy who could get a one, you're, you're, you're dressing up the trade with that. Because remember something about Jalen Rager. It's all illusion with him. There's no context to his play in Philly. There's not one redeeming thing that you could sell that he has done in Philadelphia where you could make someone have a sales pitch to them where they were listening and go, here's a high draft choice. And I mean one through four. Shit, you might as well take the first three out of that because maybe a fourth down. You're never getting anything more than that. Now, you could dress it up with Dillard, though. Andre Dillard, and you get Rager off the roster, and you get something in return like they did with J-Jaw. 
But here lies the problem. Let me say this to you here. So what if, God forbid, God forbid, not which, I want to make sure because I know how people will take this. Say something, there's an injury to Devontae Smith and he's out. You think you're capable of replacing that talent with Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal? Your front two guys are one of the best duos in the league. A.J. Brown and Quez Watkins or A.J. Brown and Zach Pascal, you're the Colts. You're Michael Pittman and a dude. Quez, potential again. So you're trading depth away. Now, I've said this, and I'll say it again. I think this Kane kid has outplayed him. But do you feel comfortable given here, – here's what it comes down to for Howie when it comes to Jalen Rager in these next couple days here on figuring out if he's one of the 53 guys. You feel comfortable giving Dean that roster spot? Or do you feel comfortable more so putting Dean on the practice squad, giving Rager the opportunity – and if we get through the season and we start seeing great health and people are playing great, maybe you do something with Rager and you trade him, you do something closer to the trading deadline, then you elevate Kane from the practice squad. And that's how you kind of keep him there and you bring him up and you get to eat your cake and eat it. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to worry about depth here. Look at the Cowboy wide receiver issues. I guarantee you this. If the Eagles cut Jalen Rager, I think the Cowboys would pick him up. Wouldn't you? Inside the division, they could tell you what's going on in the building, or he would. He'd have an ass against the Eagles. There's no question. I think either the Giants, who are also decimated at wide out, I think this is one of the – hey, Xander, right? I think this is one of the main reasons that Jalen Rager's still on the roster too. Is because if you're the Giants or the Dallas Cowboys – if he's on the waiver wire, former number one, I'm going to bring his ass in. What I have right now, I got Tony Pollard lining up in the slot position right now because I'm so thin at wideout. I would totally bring him in. I would totally sign him. For the year that he has left on his deal too, I'd get him at a deal. I'd make a claim for him actually. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Plus, I get the guy on my team to talk to me about what the Eagles are doing. You keep him for that week also. About the Giants. The Giants could totally use that guy. Totally use that guy. Hell, in, in, in some aspects, Packers could maybe use him. I do. A guy like Allen draws attention by more people to the sport than 90% of the players. Jesse says that the Eagles missed out on Honey Badger. Problem with Honey Badger? Dude, are you really going to pay that money for for a safety? Ask the Seahawks how that thing worked out with Adams. Are you going to... The reason Russell Wilson is no longer a Seattle Seahawk is because of that Jamal Adams deal that they made with the Jets and they lost all them ones. No way, man. 
<laughs> no way. For safety? Uh-uh. I'm not spending. That's another one of those positions that I'm not spending a shitload of money on. You see, do you notice where how he is, like, really, where he really kind of is penny-pinching? That safety position, he ain't paying for that. He ain't paying for linebackers. He ain't paying for that. It shocks me that they got the kind of money invested in two defensive tackles. Got $30 million in two DTs. That's a lot of dough, dude. 85 goes, Dan, explain how a guy like Dillard is worth the first when we took a backseat to a guy who never played football. Also, what's a backup in the league? Why would he get a first rounder? Well, one, because of the value of the position. And secondly, Jordan Malata is in the same boat as Larry Allen. Larry Allen was a 12th round draft choice by the Dallas Cowboys. Hell, the Eagles missed him 11 times too. You know, everyone will go, well, the Cowboys drafted him in the 12th. Well, the Eagles missed him 12 times. You didn't see that? That he was a great player? No one did. Larry Allen is probably in the conversation as the greatest O-lineman of all time. He was a 12th round pick. 12th. Eagles missed him 12 times. 31 other teams missed him 12 times. Oh, but you didn't see it. Right? You didn't see it. Jordan Mulata is a guy that couldn't put a helmet on three years ago. I mean, he's a spectacular talent. That guy, the guy has the talent maybe of even like athleticism, I should say athleticism of like Shaquille O'Neal. 6'8", can run, 350 pounds, could be 380 if he wanted to be. Guy's a freak show, man. A freak show. Simona State, thank you very much, William. I thought it was Humboldt County. Oh, yes, well, Simona's in Humboldt County. Yeah. Yeah, he'll Humboldt. Um, Yeah, and Jeff Stoutland, too, Jeremiah. That's correct, too, man. Okay, Reger isn't lighting it up here, so cut him. Hey, Les, why not work the phones until the 23rd hour? That's what Howie's doing, and that's a good thing. He's not just surrendering like some organizations would. He's trying to maximize and get something for the kid. I agree with Xander yesterday. You know, at least Howie turned something into something. Draft choices that... Who knows? The next Jordan Mulata could be sitting there. You have no idea, right? Or look at Hollis Thomas. Guy played 12-plus years, wasn't drafted, and was a centerpiece on the Eagle defensive line for a decade. You never know what you have before you put the roster together once you have all those picks and then you see it to get him in minicamps, OTAs. Jesus, criminy. What Hollis did was unreal. Undrafted? 12 years? Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Like what Hollis Thomas did is less than 1% of the one percenters. Like first rounders, look at Jalen Rager. He gets a lifeline of three years to make a team. When you're undrafted, you get three minutes. 
to make a team, let alone make a team for 12 years. Unreal. Unprecedented when you see that. And financially rewarding for your team as you didn't have to put all that free agent money into the guy or you didn't have to put signing bonus money into him. That's how you build things. Is building it with late round. Jimmy Johnson will tell you this all the time, how he built the Cowboys. Dude, it was the three, fours, and fives, and sixes. And the guys in the twos, threes, fours, and fives that built the centerpieces of the team. When Jimmy took over the Dallas Cowboys and I had that roster, Mark Tune, um, Nate, uh, let's see, Mark Tune, Nate, Gogan were already there. They were already there. They added Stebnowski. They added Ray Donaldson. They added Eric Williams. Then they turned around and added a guy like Larry Allen. They, they gave great coaching, and they were able to add pieces. They already had the Tony Tolberts of the world. Tony Tolbert was a third-round draft choice. He played 10 years in Dallas. Played 10 years. Eugene Lockhart played forever in Dallas. Those, that's how you build your team. That's how, you know, some people don't know football by some of these take sales. It's educating of people. Well, everyone thinks it's because you got to look at the first and second rounders or where you're drafted. You see, that's kind of a little bit what Howie's mentality is because where you're drafted, that gives you like sort of status in the building. Not with me, it doesn't. Okay, if I... I'm quicker to move. Watch this. I'm quicker to move off a first rounder than I am a free agent because the free agent can help my cap. But you see, I just got through talking to you about ego with John Gruden. How he's got the same ego as John Gruden does. Or Derek Barnett and Jalen Rager would not be on your team. That's, that's John Gruden ego. That's John Gruden ego right there because you know in your heart, guy can't play. But what you're doing is, at the expense of having a roster, you're, you're trying to make a deal to get something for a mistake instead of cutting loose of your mistake right away and moving on from it. Okay, I just I mean, that's John Gruden stuff. That's Howie Roseman's Achilles heel. He's got an ego. His ego gets in his way, and his egos are all over the roster. Jalen Rager, Derek Barnett. Pick a guy. Some of them safeties. Right? Hour two. Please hit the like button. Some of the sports betters around the country, I want to tell you what they're saying about your Eagles, too. A little more on Jonathan Gannon. Some NFL news, too. We'll do that. Don't forget Hollis Thomas in hour number three at 530 Eastern time. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
plan your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising right now. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. On TV, on 6abc.com, and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you. Action News and AccuWeather. The team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard here. So the Bucks are going to play Tom Brady in the final exhibition game of the preseason with that old line. Wow, man, really? <laughs> I might forty-five years old. Shit, 25 years old. I don't know. Man, Todd Bowles. Really? You know, Brady probably pushed us because he feels he needs game, game tempo. Isn't it funny? Tom Brady wants to play in the final exhibition game of the year because he doesn't have game tempo, but Jalen Hurts doesn't need it. You know, because the... Eagles look at Jalen Hurts like they look at Tom Brady. Maybe they should because he is their Tom Brady. Okay. He is their Tom Brady in essence. Okay. They, they believe he's the guy that's going to deliver an NFC, an NFC East championship and a shot at a Super Bowl. So they probably do look at him that way. 
I'm not I'm not comparing talent because it's it's a preposterous conversation, but you'd have to think that that's why they look that way, that he's such an essential part to the success of the team this year, even though Brady is too. And Brady wants game tempo because he knows he needs game tempo because he wants to see the speed of the game and he wants his mind to get back to muscle memory. But the philosophy that the Eagles have, again, is they don't believe in that. They got away with it a year ago. Well, kind of. They were steamrolled in the first seven games, and then they had to revamp that, and they got kind of got in better shape, and they were playing lesser teams, and that's what happened for them to be able to propel that 9-8 and eight record. Because once they got into a game with a good team, they got destroyed. So, you know, it was kind of fool's goal. And, and that'll be a big conversation for me this year. Was 2021 fool's gold or not? Because the first part of the season – is what the Eagles want to do to this this year. Want to throw the ball. That's what they want to do. They want to throw the ball instead of trying to win games. Well, I shouldn't say that. They want to win games. Okay. Dan, what about Dillard to the Bucks for Winfield Jr.? Boy, geez, would the Bucks do that? I think Howie would do that. Winfield Jr. and Dillard. Man, that seems fair. That seems fair. But would the Bucks give that up in the conference, knowing they may have to face this Eagle team and then the Bucks getting Dillard. What if Dillard goes down there? Dillard is going to be a better football player with Tom Brady than he was with Jalen Hurts. Why is that? Because Brady gets rid of the ball quicker. You understand that, right? If Andre Dillard goes to the Bucks, he'll be a better quarter. He'll be a better offensive lineman. Brady's a rhythm quarterback. Tom Brady gets rid of the ball quicker than any guy in the league. So it's made him special. Well, when you get rid of the ball quicker than any other quarterback in the league, you don't have to block as long. Common sense. Instead of going five seconds or three and a half, you're going 2.5. One, two, three, throw. One, two, three, throw. That's how Brady does it. Jalen's got to sit back there and find guys. Move around. Run around. Brady doesn't do any of that shit. One, two, three, throw. One, two, three, throw. One, two, three, throw. One, two, three, throw. Bro, you barely have to block. Dillard would be, uh, he, he would he could look like an all pro with the Buccaneers. That's why the Winfield thing, bro, Joseph, so you think that without a doubt, you think that Brady doesn't make your old line better by getting rid of the ball quicker? Okay. <laughs> I never said Dillard was trash. I said he'll play better with a guy who knows where the ball needs to go and doesn't hold on to it as long. Common sense, dog. Okay. Dude, I'm not suggesting to you two different guys, Joseph. He's the GOAT. 
the GOAT's going to make his O-line play better. Well, he's been in the league 20 years. I don't give a shit about 20 years. I care about 2022. I don't care about the past or the future. I care about right now. He makes him a better player today than Jalen would. Facts. Here, let me let me get to this other topic here, too. I want to throw this at you here, too. Um, this stuff with Tua, boy, I'll tell you, man, there's a lot of people in South Florida that are not high on him. It is going to be very interesting by the end of the year to see which guy has solidified his position, okay, in Philadelphia and in Miami. I can't wait. GI says, a great point you make, Sills. Offensive linemen hate that more than anything else when the quarterback makes them look bad. Yeah, well, when the quarterback is constantly moving around in the pocket, you don't know where he is because your back's to him. When Tom Brady drops back and he does this, one, two, three, throw, one, two, three, throw, and you know he's behind you, you know he's there. Jalen, you don't know where he is. You have no idea. You have zero idea where he is. He's constantly moving around. He, when, the, when the play breaks down, what does Nick Sirianni say? Hey, when no one's open, he takes off. When no one's open with Tom Brady, Brady finds the guy open. Or any other guy who throws the ball. Um, I'm not saying, hey, what? Hey, wait a minute, GT. Dan Cilio saying Tom Brady's a better quarterback and makes his O-line better than Jalen Hurts. That's a rip? You could probably say that about pretty much every quarterback in the league he makes everybody look better than who plays on a Tom Brady team. So come on. It's not really a rip. He's the GOAT. Brady creates openings. Hurts is unable to do that yet. That's why, MJ, Dillard would be better with Brady than with with Jalen. Anybody in her right mind knows that. (laughs) Anybody. All right. I want to give you some sports betters on what they think this year when it comes to some wins. Two teams that sports bettors think will have the most wins this year. Who do you think they'll be? Two teams. I'm kind of not on this one team. But two teams that the sports bettors believe um, will have the most wins this year. He's a cheater. Yeah, when you cheat, you can win everything. What did he cheat at? His deflated footballs? <laughs> oh, God, I love that, man. Deflated footballs. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll never get over that one. You know what deflated footballs is code for? You know what it's code for? The Russia hoax. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what was more believable? The football's being deflated, PSIs. I spent three years of my life working on PSIs. 
Oh my God. Unbelievable. Oh. <laughs> Chiefs and Bills. Bills in Denver. How about this? <clears throat> Bills and Bucks. 11.5 wins. Over under on that. I don't know about the Bucks, man. Look, you got the goat in the building. You got the goat in the building. I get it, but Jesus, man. All lot of all those injuries in the O-line? I don't know. Packers are at 11. Rams, Chiefs, Cowboys are at 10 and a half. And the Eagles are at nine and a half. Some of the sports bettors believe that the Cowboys are still going to win the NFC East. Now, why would that be? Well, let's take a look at that. Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Stafford, Mahomes, and Dak. That's how they're look. They're looking at it, going through the prism of the quarterbacks. That's how they see it. Who's leading these teams? See, you don't talk potential with Dak, Chiefs, Rams, Bucks, Bills, Packers. There's no potential talk. Nobody's talking potential. That's why they have those teams ranked ahead of the Philadelphia Eagles. Because to me, coach and the staff and the quarterback will be the biggest question marks on potential going into the year. No mistake about it. Okay. Has it been a repeat since the Eagles? It's crazy, isn't that how the NFC East works like that? Paul thinks the Packers aren't going to be anything. Yeah, that's because the Packers for the past 30 years haven't been anything. When Favre and Rodgers <laughs> haven't been healthy. That's right. That sounds normal, right? They haven't been anything since, what, 30 years now? As long as those two guys were quarterbacking the Packers, I'm pretty good. By the way, who did the Packers beat the um, Patriots in the Super Bowl with? Who would, was it Desmond Howard? Who were the wideouts on that team? Were they frontline guys? Somebody tell me who was on that Packer team. I can't remember who the wideouts were. That was on that team that they won the Super Bowl. That one guy who's an announcer now. I forget. I'm trying to I'm trying to think who the superstar wideouts were on that Green Bay team. Yeah, Keith on Green Bay. Who were those who were those Green Bay um wideouts? Um Chamara was like a tight end. Greg Jennings, he's pretty good. Desmond Howard and Donald Driver, the great names. A Packer lore. Greg Jennings, pretty good player. Donald Driver. Yeah. There you go. Hey, hey, Donald Driver. That'll get it home. Donald, 
Donald Driver and Greg Jennings. Dudes, good players. Every time they went somewhere else, they were stiffs. When they went other places, they were stiffs. Greg Jennings carried the team on his back. (laughs) Yeah, not Favre or Reggie, but Greg Jennings. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. Jordy Nelson, too. The greatness of Jordy, man. My God almighty. He carried him, not Reggie, though. Oof. Man. So, yeah, I think the Packers are going to be fine, and I think they'll have one of the top five defenses in the National Football League, too. Donald Driver carried him. That's great. So Darius Slay. I'm rolling out a whole crow buffet for Big Sill, says Joseph. Man, I can't wait, man. Dude, I can't. Oh, my God. Yeah, I like it on wheat bun, too. Okay? Joseph, I like it on wheat bread. That's okay. Okay? Now, Remember. There's good. I'm going to come to you like the Don and ask you guys to do something too. Okay. I'm going to come to you here when we see how this thing plays out. I have an idea how this is going to come pan out. Okay. I have an idea. Hold on for, wait one second. Hold on here. TVD. They don't want you. Even Xander hates you now. Nope. Nope. John Morrow. Okay, listen. Yes. The new general manager is coming down. I've I've already set him up with Mario and with Ed Reed. And Ed Reed's making a pitch, too, to the Giants. There you go. So we're all set. So Tyler Van Dyke, you know, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get into um, throw that in there like that. But, you know, I got to help my boy because he's a cane. And he wanted to be an Eagle. He grew up an Eagle fan and a McNabb fan. But since you guys are sold on Jalen, he's going to the Giants next year. So just, you know, want to make sure we do that. Crow on wheat with long hots and sharp provolone. No, man, that, make, that gives me agita. That's no good. That's no good. So Darius Slay's now limping around. You shut this guy down for the remainder of camp because you're going to need that guy against the Lions. They're going to need him. And again, all of these injuries are to me because of the way the team prepares for the upcoming season. They weren't in shape in Miami. Okay? They weren't. That first practice, they were dragging. And it's because, and again, it's a league thing. I get it. I get it. I'm not, it's not an, that's not so much an Eagle thing. Okay. It's not, it's, it's a league thing on how you have a certain amount of time to prepare for a season. You have so much contact now that you're allowed with the new collective bargaining agreement and the NFL players association. They keep a watchful eye on that as well does the league. You see a lot of fines out there with this. No question. I understand. And I get it. Okay. 
85 says, Dan, I'm looking at the Lions game as a must win. You know what? Here, I'm going to tell you this. To me, 85, the Lions game, if they lose it, I'm not going to be over, over the top crazy. If they don't show up in the NFC East and win it and have the best record in the East, that's where Jalen loses his job. If you show up like shit against the NFC East, dude, everyone drops a dumb game and everyone wins a game you're not supposed to. Look at last year with the Saints and the Packers. There's a game out there. You go like this. Like last year, there was a game. For the Eagles. Man, there's no way you guys should have lost that game to the Giants and Daniel Jones in the Meadowlands. Remember I said to you, going, Xander, and I know you remember this. Remember what I said to you guys on that Friday? Don't lose this game. Let's not come out here on a Monday because they went back and reverted back to throwing the ball and they got away from what they were doing and they had a bad outing. And it was a bad performance and Jones beat them. It happens. It happens. I got to see it until I believe it. Until then, the Lions going to be the Lions. I agree. I agree, Jay. I, Jay, I'm. I do not believe the Lions beat the uh, beat the Eagles in the opening week. I do not. Jared Golf, comeback player of the year. I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you guys one more time. You got to watch the hard knocks. It'll change your impression and it'll change your opinion on what they are doing in Detroit. By the way, I'm not in any way suggesting here that, like I said, Detroit's going to win 12 ball games and they're going to compete in the NFC North with the Vikings and the Packers. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it just looks different. I say it just looks different. Okay. Keith, I love Dan Campbell, too. Lions defense is suspect. According to Pro Football Focus, the Lions have the third best O-line. I think uh, DeAndre Swift, in my opinion, is going to lead all NFL running backs and pass catching out of the backfield. I like their tight end. Um, I think they got a pretty good-looking offense. They're not going to have the kid from Alabama in the opening week. He's not going to be there. He'll probably be ready week four, from what I'm understanding. Uh, for the Lions, they want to have them healthy and in shape. But that's going to be a pretty good-looking offense when you put that kid into that offense. It could look a little like the Eagle offense, but Goff's a better passer. Goff's a better passer than Jalen. He's got a better record. I mean, the guy's more accomplished because he's been in the league longer. And, you know, he's been around better coaching. This guy's Sean McVay. Sean McVay took that guy to a Super Bowl and they were a couple points away from beating the Patriots. I mean, he could always hang that on his on his shelf of awards. Hey, I got to an, um, a Super Bowl. What have you done? You can't even beat Daniel Jones. Paul says, I love the Lions as a home underdog. I, I think it's three and a half, four and a half now. Okay? I think it's four and a half, something like that. First game always always is weird. It's always weird. 
everybody better than Hurts to sales. No, everyone's more accomplished than Hurts. Every quarterback pretty much that he'll play against is more accomplished. More Golf's more accomplished. Cousins is more accomplished. Shit, Wentz is. Wentz owns your single season passing records for touchdowns and yards. Um, Trevor, number one overall pick. Cards, uh, Kyler Murray, got a brand new contract. One of the richest guys in the league. Dak, one of the richest guys in the league, put up numbers. These are all accomplished guys. More so than Jalen. He gets to the Steelers. He is, I think. Yeah. Texans, too. Washington, no. Matt Ryan, absolutely not. Even the backups more accomplished. Packers, no. Titans, no. Ryan Tannehill had the number one seed in the AFC last year. Dude, win a playoff game first before you start talking to me. Daniel Jones, yes. Justin Fields, yes. Dak, no. Even Jameis, even Jameis Winston threw 5,000 yards. Come on, man. You, you, you don't have that. Now, again, you talk potential. So, GT, you could say whatever you want. You're more wishful thinking. Trevor Lawrence, is it more accomplished? You think being the number one overall selection in a draft is not more accomplished? What's Kyler Murray accomplished? A $46.1 million. His organization believes in him, gave him money with two years remaining on his deal. Shit, Jalen's got money left. Why don't they offer him a contract? They're so sold like Steve Kime is in Arizona. Kyler Murray had two years remaining. They gave him the money. Shit, they're working on a contract now for Joe Burrow. If you're so sold, why don't you give him the money now? Yeah, no problem giving them the money when it was Wentz. If you're so sold, give them your money. You might get a hometown cooking deal. If you're sold on Jalen Hurts, you might get a pretty good hometown cooking deal on it. If you went to Jalen, he might not take 40. He might take 35 million. I mean, because if I was his agent, I'd go like this right now. Hey, you haven't really proven anything here. Three years, $35 million? That's $100 million. They guarantee quite a bit of it. Why wouldn't you take that? Why wouldn't you take that if you were a second-round draft? You would really pass $100 million up and bet on yourself. You would pass. You're making $1.1 now. Okay? That's right. And get this. Think of this for a second. And... Xander's right. Let's say this. You give Jalen Hurts today. You go to him like all these other teams are going to all their young guys. $35 million a year. Okay? $100 million. $105 million. This guy hits the market when he's still relatively young. And if he puts up the 4,200 yards, you don't think that there's going to be extension talk added on to those three years where you could see another three years on the back end of that. 
where it escalates it to 45 to $50 million? Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you? If you're so sold, go to him now. Here's 35. Here's 35 million per for the next three years, 105 million. Okay. Plus, it gives you some latitude still to move around in your team. And those draft choices next year could go to different positions. You could trade down again and get a safety later. You know, everyone's always talking about moving up. Well, what if Howie decides to move down? Or take one of those draft choices and pimp it to the Bengals for Bates. He's only on a one-term, one-year deal. You bring him in. Look at the latitude that gives you if you go to him right now. I'll tell you something, too. I would say this to you. If they get to the bye and they're five and one or they're four and two, this is I, I want, hey, let me write this down because I like this. You know, Big Sills of CTE's kicking. So I, 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 I'm going to ask you this on paying Jalen here. Okay, I'm going to do this after the timeout because I want to I I take my time on this here because I'm actually liking this. I'm actually liking this. Don't forget Hollis Thomas in hour number three. That'll be at 530 Eastern. Also, don't forget, if you're in the market where you're looking for an attorney and you've been hurt or injured on the job, my boys at Morgan & Morgan are there for you. They will make sure they get you the fair compensation that you so need when it comes to protecting your family's rights. Over 800 attorneys in offices in Philadelphia, New York, and in Florida. No case is too small. They will not be intimidated. For the people is not a slogan. It's who they are. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Open 24-7, seven days a week. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, tell them Big Sill sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS, not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. Forthepeople.com. your day with confidence definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand and keep your family safe with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes well over seven inches of rain your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising right now keeping you prepared wherever you watch on tv on 6abc.com and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you action news and accuweather the team you trust. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This makes a lot of sense. Big Sales National Football Show. Please hit the like button. Don't forget, Eagle Legend, Hollis Thomas will be with us at 5.30 Eastern time. Hey, real quick before I get to what could be something that I think could be on the horizon this 2022 season for Jalen Hurts. I want to say this about Jordan Davis's first training camp as an NFL football player. I've been impressed. For as big as he is and for the athleticism that he has and how strong he is and conditioning, again, it's more of an eagle thing and it's more of a league thing. So I'm not holding his feet to the fire so much, but he's got to take it amongst himself to get himself in better shape than what the team does. He's got to be prepared better if he wants to be one of those elite level guys like an early Adama Katsu when he was in Detroit. I think he has that same capability, and I think he could have that same kind of impact, but Sue had a great engine when he was in Detroit. Those 10 years that he was in Detroit, dude, he was a force in the middle. Had a good engine, and he was nasty in there. I don't know if Jordan Davis has that nasty streak in him. Okay, he looks like a good dude. You don't have to, Hey, Reggie White didn't have a nasty streak. The guy behind me here, Leroy Selman, he didn't have a nasty streak, and you couldn't block both those guys. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have that, and it all ties into being a superstar player. But I've actually liked watching Jordan Davis grow in his first training camp. I think he's a player. Um, and, and again, too, for N'Kobe Dean, it'll come. More is asked to him. Remember something in today's modern-day NFL? Linebackers are not just asked to fill gaps any longer. 
you got to cover tight ends, backs out of the backfield. You're most of the time in blitz packages as well. So you've 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 got multiple things that you've got to do in today's scheme when you're talking NFL linebacking. So it's it's more to learn, in my opinion, than it was, say, years ago with Mike Singletary or even Ray Lewis. Okay. So I think both the big draft choices plus Cam Jurgens. Hey man. Cam Jurgens looks like the player. And in my opinion, too, Cam Jurgens may have the biggest impact of any rookie this year on the team. Because if you know, we see Jason Kelsey not completely healthy for the opening part of the season. I think the Eagles are pretty comfortable with him going in there and playing, aren't you? I, I am. He looks like he is clearly going to be the heir apparent to this thing. And playing that position is not an easy thing because the number one thing that D coordinators like to do to young centers. You put a guy right on his noggin, and you put a right a guy on put a guy on his nose, and you jam that guy's hand back into him, and you see if he can get that ball up in time. And he's done a nice job of it. He's got a nasty streak about him. He puts guys on their back. That guy's a pretty damn good player, man. So all three guys are pretty high on. Him. So how he's got to like what he has with those premium picks. Let's see what happens with the back end of last year's or this last April's draft, and if they're going to be contributors to the team. But those first three picks, I like them. I think they're good. I think they're a good upgrade to the roster and having having those guys being added. And it's financially uh, sound when you have players like that on rookie contracts. So how he gets a check in the right box when it comes to, especially the last two drafts, I would say he's good. And yeah, I, I believe Jason Kelsey is going to be there, but you have you have a luxury now. He doesn't have to be. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather have Jason Kelsey healthy going into Washington and going into Jacksonville, Arizona, and the Cowboy game. I want Jason Kelsey healthy for the Cowboy game. Okay? I think you can get around it with Cam Jurgens. By the way, I don't think it's a cliff dive of a fall when you're talking talent. Okay? Kelsey's at the back end of his um, 18th green here. You know what I'm saying? This guy's on the 18th green right now of his career. No shame in that. This guy's still going to put up a Pro Bowl season too, so nothing and no shade on truly a great football player. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much. Let me get into what we kind of broached a little bit here with Jalen Hurts. Let me tell you how I would structure a contract for him. Let's do what all of you Jalen Hurts lovers say. He's going to ball out. And all the things that Nick Sirianni has said is going to come to fruition. You guys making a crow sandwich for big sales, all of that comes true. Let's just put that out there, okay? Let's say this all happens. Everybody's in the camp that it looks like it will, okay? This is how I would approach this. Tell me if you think this makes sense. He's got another year left on his rookie contract, I believe. I think there's one one more year left on it. Okay? You got one year left after this year. I think it's at one, two. You get to that bye week in week seven, and you're four and two. Do you come to him? with a $35 million a year deal 
for $105 million. Think about how young he is, too. You offer him three years, 105, and a $40 million signing bonus, which he gets now. But this contract with the escalators of the $35 million don't kick in until the first deal ends. He still gets the $40 million or the $35 million signing bonus. And that contract and the escalators, they kick in the year after. So what you have is you have another year, if you're Howie, on a, on a rookie contract to build the team with first-round draft choices next year. To me, if he's 4-2, and two, okay, you give him 105 for three years. How old would he be? Um, 26? Shit. If the kid balls out and turns out to be something special, this kid's going to get on the open market for $55 million. And he's going to be a young kid. And it's almost like investing in himself. GT, he's not getting a market price deal at four and two. He's not making $46 million a year. There's no way after six games. However, you cook it for him. And, and, and by the way, this is potential again. Okay. Okay. Um, Manster. What was Lawrence Taylor when he came out of North Carolina? Did you even know? He, you know, he played tight end at North Carolina. Then his sophomore and senior year, he played linebacker. Hertz doesn't do it, MJ. I think it makes sense. Okay, GT, eight and two. So you're saying this. Wow. Going into the Washington game in week 10. If the kid's eight and two, you think he gets a market deal at 46.1 million? No way. No way. No way. No way. No way. You, you know, listen, I say that. How many years remaining did Carson Wentz have on his contract before the Eagles went in there and gave him another contract extension? How many years did he have remaining? You're saying 10 games, GT? Eight and two, the price goes up. Oh, I got it. But do you, hey, but are you guys following me here? If he signs that $35 million at the buy, you get another year on a second-round contract to build the Eagles up into, a, I think, the best team in the NFC. Gaming says you go to the playoffs two years in a row. I'm signing him. Yale says he thinks that went So Wentz got a contract extension his second year. Why wouldn't Jalen then? Christopher says, I'd pay him $30 million, make sure he gets all the endorsements he can. That's hard to sell, Chris. This is where you get him, Chris. Ready? You get him in the signing bonus. Okay? 
Players want the signing bonus and the guarantees in the contract. That's where you're going to, that's where you get players, not endorsements. Okay. You pay somebody with like, say you give them a $45 million, $45 million signing bonus, $35 million a year for three with that guaranteed of a signing bonus. Bro, you're talking some good money here. And you're talking about a style of play that on the open market, dude, Cincinnati's not taking Jalen Hurts ever with T. Higgins and all them guys. He's not playing in that offense. He couldn't play in Green Bay's offense. He couldn't play in the Rams' offense. That's not the style they play. He couldn't play clearly in the Buccaneer offense. He could never play in that offense. You'd have wide receivers screaming at him. He could play in this Eagle and the Baltimore Ravens and the Titans. And what, what, what did all those teams have in common? They're winning teams. But it's just a different style of play. Just a different style of play, okay? Xander goes like this. Three years, 100 million, fully guaranteed. As an extension on the current deal, Xander, because I want, if I'm Howie, I want that other year to build my team on that 1-1, and I'll give you the signing bonus and the guarantee. That's how you get that other year out of it. You guarantee the deal. Xander, you guarantee the three years so that you can get that 1.2 next year, and you give him the signing bonus. Theoretically, he'll make $40 million next year. Because the sign will be in, you know, Dak Prescott last year made $75 million because the Cowboys had to give him that sign-in bonus plus the base salary. He made $75 million last year. See, to me, Xander, the reason that I want to do it this way is because I want that other year on that 1.1 against my cap on that base salary. I want to be able to still build my team and then get this. You may be even in line because the cap's going to go up to start talking about contract extension with Devontae Smith. Remember, as you go forward here and your stars on your football team get better and your team gets better, price tags, and guess what? Rent's due for those players too. And get this. He would be doing, Jalen would be doing the same thing that Brady did. How many haircuts do you think Tom Brady took in New England for 20 years? Brady was never at any, ever, the highest paid quarterback at any single time in New England. He was never the highest paid guy. Brady didn't really start making the $45 million a year until he got to Tampa. And they were backloading it with the signing bonus. That's how Brady made all, you know, Brady's space salary, if you looked at it, it's not a lot this year. It's not a lot. So the question is, when on this schedule do you do it? So Carson Wentz in his second year got a contract extension from Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Let me tell you something about Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts is in that bye week at 4-2, and two, 
They're going to start the talks. They'll start the talks because of just the way how he operated last year. Okay? Look at what he did with Malata. How much? Get this. Let's do this. Andre Dillard is worth a first-round draft choice right now, my opinion. If Jordan Malata got on the open market, what do you think Jordan Malata would make? Was he 25? How much do you think that guy would make? Whatever Trent Williams makes in San Francisco, add $5 million to. Let's see what that is. What Trent Williams makes. What's his base salary? He signed him last year on a team-friendly deal. What is the base salary for Trent Williams, San Francisco 49ers? According to Spitrack.com, current contract, in 2022, Williams will earn a base salary of... Okay, okay. here. He's going to earn $14 million this year. He, he's going to earn $14 million bucks. Jordan Malata, you can add $5 million if he got... He'd make $20 million. $20 million for a prime and prime position like that. But they got him on a discount last year. They got Goddard on a discount. Didn't they give TJ Edwards a discounted deal too? Okay. All those guys want to run it back. Then all of a sudden you start building what you had in New England. And the quarterback is the centerpiece of that. You think people went to New England because of Bill Belichick? Why? They ain't going now unless you overpay them. You know, the Patriots overpay people now for you to come to New England. Back then, they got rid of guys like Chandler Jones and Richard Seymour and Darrell Rivas and Randy Moss when they wanted big money. Sorry, you're out. That's not how we do things here. That's not the Patriot way. Remember that old stuff? Ain't no such thing as the Patriot way anymore. That thing's gone because Brady was the Patriot way. Brady was the Patriot way. This would be the Jalen way. This You come here. Hey, I... How could you not look at it like this if you were a free agent going, hey, if you want to win ball games, you come to Philly. I'm not making top dollar. Look at Cooper Cup, what he did for the Rams. Cooper Cup is not making the max money in the open market, but he wants to be in Los Angeles. And they got something special going on there with that young coach. They're going to be good for a while. What, you think all of a sudden when Matthew Stafford starts running out of gas with that arm, they're not going to go find themselves another veteran quarterback? Sean McVay now is in the veteran quarterback market. They're never going to draft a quarterback ever again in Los Angeles with the Rams as long as Sean McVay is the coach. They will bring in a veteran guy and a veteran signal caller. You watch. Hell, shit, I don't even know the next time they have first-round picks anyway. They will never, ever again draft another rookie quarterback like they did with golf and sit and wait and hope the guy pans out versus a guy who's a certainty like Stafford. McVay wanted Stafford, and that's why they overpaid. The Niners wanted him. 
The Niners wanted him. Wins the Super Bowl. Rest is history. Could talk all the shit you want on Stafford. Guess what he does? He makes you sit on the Lombardi trophy every time you say he's a bust or he sucks. Hey, try sitting on this. I'm the champ. I'm the captain. I'm the captain. He'd say whatever you want about him. He's the captain. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, all around auto. He's the captain. He's the captain. Hey, Stafford sucks. Yeah, well, he's the cheat. He's the king. He won. LA's in a rebuilding process. Really? Yeah, because that's what they do. Xander says a damn insane fight. Bengals and Rams, joint practice. Aaron Donald swinging helmets. Beautiful. 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 Sorry. Me and Barrett probably have a different... Me and Barrett... Hey, great. Let's go. Let's go, baby. It's all good. I have no problem with that shit. Hey, the Bengals, if I'd be a little pissed off too, man, if I lost the Super Bowl to you. You start talking shit to me too, I'm going to fight your ass. Anything that the Rams do piss me off probably. They're probably gloating about their rings. Probably talking shit in practice. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm going to hit you too, man. I'm not taking my helmet off, though. <laughs> hey, Big Seals knows better than that, man. Don't ever take, hey, don't ever take your helmet off. You know, just don't ever take your helmet off. Trust me when I tell you. I've seen a guy get his ass beat. Don't take your helmet off. OBJ still out there? OBJ's going to go back to the Rams because he's a movie star. You know, he's got to be a movie star. OBJ to Philly, it never happened. Jay says the Eagles defense too soft to fight. No, the players are all good. The coach would run and hide. You, you, you ever see the movie Waterboy and that coach, that coach is Waterboy? He's got, the, you know, he puts his head down. He's like this, you know. Gets hollered at a little bit. Who's it? What's the name of that coach in Waterboy? You got to tell me who that is because that's who we're going to start calling Jonathan Gannon from now on. I'm going to find that out. Who's the name of Waterboy's head coach? What's that guy's name, man? (laughs) It's Henry Winkler, right? Henry Winkler plays a coach in that movie. I got to find the name of that guy, man. Now you're hating on the defense? (laughs) Hey, all-around guy is the dude that sits there going, did you just hate on our defense? No, I hate your defensive coordinator. Okay? I hate him. Okay? Coach Klein. (laughs) No, man, Bobby Boucher could play. Okay? Coach Klein. Hey, defensive coordinator for the Eagles, his name is Coach Klein. Yeah, Coach Klein. Oh, my God. Hey, Coach Klein, what should we do today? Coach Boucher, hey, all around, Bobby Boucher could play, man. 69, 69. Okay, 72, 72. <laughs> Dude, that is so great. I wish to God that movie was – because that's – I'd be going like this. Look, 
15, 15, 15. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, real quick story here, man, for the top of the hour here. So Jerome Brown did this, man. You guys remember a dude by the name of um, Jamal Holloway? You guys remember Jamal Holloway from Ohio's, um, from Oklahoma? You guys remember that guy? This offensive line for Oklahoma, man, they were like 6'6", 340 pounds down the line. They were freaking enormous. They were huge. So Jerome sitting here, man, we're in the middle of the game. It's 100,000 degrees. Like, the guys are down there now, right? Hey, get this. So they start walking to the line of scrimmage. We're in a timeout. Jerome Brown looks over at me and goes, hey, you see that kid over there you're playing on? I go, who are you talking to? He goes, I'm talking to you. Me. And the guys are sitting here from Oklahoma like this, all getting ready. They're so tired. Jerome goes, hey, man, I heard that dude say he could eat a bowl of soup off your head. I said, what? He said, yeah, no, I heard him. They were talking back. They're saying that they could eat a bowl of soup off your head. And I went, you mother, what did you say? I'm going to kill you. And if you have any family members here, they're dying. And the guy goes like this, man, I didn't say anything like that. And everybody in the O-line, Jerome starts laughing. And I'm sitting there going, I'm going to kill you. And I go, hey, guy, I promise you, I don't care where the play goes. I'm going to pull your eyes out of your skull. And the guy goes like this. He goes, man, I never said anything. <laughs> and then, man, as the game's going on, man, I we, we, hey, we shook hands after, man. And he, he goes over to Jerome. He goes, man, you started some serious shit, man. Everyone in my huddle was laughing at me, man. I never said anything to the guy. Hey, and I, I looked over at Jerome. I go, you made that up? He goes, of course I made it up. I go, look how, like, like when Xander says something to me, he goes, look how easy you are, dude. I went to the kid Hudson, man. He was a first-team All-American. All and I go, dude, I did, my friend's a jerk. He's just a jackass. He goes, yeah, well, you both kicked our asses, so it's all good. And we walked off. We became friends after that. But Jamal Holloway looks over at me. He goes, so he never said it? And I go, uh, for what Jerome said, no, man, it, he made it up. <laughs> and he goes, and you blew a gasket? He goes, I got afraid. <laughs> We were a bunch of psychos back then, man. Hour three coming up. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. your day with confidence definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand and keep your family safe with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes well over seven inches of rain your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising right now keeping you prepared wherever you watch on tv on 6abc.com and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you action news and accuweather the team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Polar. <laughs> Our three national football show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Mike Missinelli, you know, he wrote a book about Jerome and I. We were like stars in his book. I mean, we're all over this book, he and I, Jerome. And Mike did a great job of talking how we talked. And we did so much shit talking. It was insane. And Coach Johnson let us do it. Why do you think Jerome became the guy he was in the NFL and he brought that same attitude to the Eagle defense? It was Jerome, not Reggie. It was Jerome that brought that bravado to Gang Green. Don't you think it's a coincidence also the Cowboys had that aura about them during the Jimmy Johnson era? We had that same era at Miami. They took it to the pros. Jerome did. Took it to the Eagles. And Jimmy took it to the Cowboys. And that's what gave that great rivalry. Jimmy didn't give a shit about anything except winning. And if we talked shit on the way, he didn't care as long as we backed it up. Dude, like I said, in my three years at Miami, I lost one regular season game. One. Hey, hey, Xander, that's like your Bamba boys, right? Plus one regular season game. Well, three years, we were in a national championship game. <laughs> I mean, and, and the way we did it, see, that's the one difference about our rivalry and Saban's rivalry or Saban's, uh, uh, Saban's era and the way he does it. Nick doesn't allow you to do a lot of shit talking. Jimmy allowed you to do a bunch of shit talking. Bottom of the hour, Hollis Thomas. Legendary Philadelphia Eagle will join us, and we look forward to it. Let me say this to you, too, and I want to go back and reset something here. 
Do you have a problem with Nick Sirianni overselling Jalen Hurts to you? Look, I don't think anybody that's watching us or has listened to us over the last six months is being sold about Jalen Hurts from Nick Sirianni or the Eagles. I think, tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong here on this. You guys like the kid. The kid would be a great face of the franchise. He'd be great for the community. He is a hardworking guy. All the things that you didn't see in Wentz, you see in this kid and you love him. You love him, right? I don't think any of that is because of Nick. I don't think any of that is because Nick is like, you know, giving you snow cones and rainbows and butterflies and pots of gold here on the kid. I don't, I don't think any of that, right? You see the kid. You guys, though, are looking at more potential. Remember what I told you about potential? It's stuff, stuff you haven't done yet. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Players get paid on potential. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a great debate. Do you pay a kid for potential or for what he's done and who he is? Okay, is there still more upside with that particular player? I get it. I understand. It's a great debate. Some guys think differently. Some guys are not going to overextend themselves and overpay for something until they're proven it. Howie's that way a lot. Howie can be that way. So Sirianni coming out saying, Jalen had the greatest practice since I've been here. Who's he talking to? Is he just talking to Jalen? Because I got a feeling he's not talking to you or me or Xander or the sports take guys or Mike, or 365, or John, or Jody. I don't think he's talking to any of us. Who's he talking to? Is he talking to Jalen? Or is he talking to himself? Who's he talking to when he does that? Who's he, who, who is he trying to convince? The fans in Philly are not dumb. They know what's up. Some of you guys are out there going like this. He's my boy. He's going to be the MVP. Yeah, you still want to see it, though. You know, you know your, your positivity about your team is not going to allow you to talk shit on any member that wears that color and that helmet. And I understand that. Hey, just so you know that I get where you're coming from, a lot of the time that we talk, you rarely hear me talk shit. When it comes to bad character about any Miami Hurricane guy, my daughter points that out to me all the time. Very rarely. And we've had issues with guys. I won't mention them. Okay? In the past, that have had issues, and you never hear me talking shit on them because I'm loyal to those guys. Those guys are loyal to me. They know shit about me, and I know things about them that I wouldn't say. It's the reason Michael Irvin and I have been friends for 40 years. It's the reason that Jerome Brown and I were the dearest of friends or Winston Moss or Vinny Testaverde or the Blades brothers or whomever. Sap included. Seals, did Jerome ever get into a fight before or during a game? Dude, that guy got into fights all the time. William, know this. South Carolina, Maryland... 
West Virginia, Oklahoma. Take a look at the end of all those games, and you tell me what happened. We all got into we, we all fought. We got into fights. South Carolina stopped playing us because of it. Oklahoma and I, we got into fights at every end of that game. Gators too. We would always fight. We always fought. We always ended the game with fights. <laughs> Because you you didn't like what we were saying during the week, and then we kicked your ass. That was probably more of a problem for you, I would think. Hey, don't get your ass kicked and big sales talk shit to you. It's not good because I'll pile on you. I'll come off the top rope like I'm Jimmy Snooker, dude. <laughs> I'm not one of these guys going, nah, you know, we got him. No, that's not me. See, I'm one of these guys that does this, Xander. If you're like roadkill and you're laying on the road, I'm going to run you over again just to make sure you're dead because that's how I want it to end. I don't want want you to get up and try to come back and get me. It's not going to work like that. Yeah. That's not how it is. That's that's not how we were. (laughs) Oh, you know, let's lay off him now. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Sirianni's playing poker with who? I want to know who he's talking to. Who's he talking? No, a big dog. Who's he talking to? Jalen had his best practice since I've been here. <laughs> and get this, the Dolphins weren't on the field because I think they had Ajita or something, or I think they had a tummy ache. I don't know what the hell's going on in Miami. Okay? It's, William, it, we, we had a psycho mindset. I mean, like you said, maybe I am bipolar. I don't know. Mitch, you under center and Jalen in the running back. RPO would kill the teams. <laughs> Don't start that, dude. Don't start that. Uh, Don't start that, okay? Not today's practice. Oh, the other day. Oh, the other day's practice. It was the greatest practice in the history of Philadelphia Eagle quarterbacking. You know, something. Hey, you, you'll have to excuse me. I'll have to go back and look at Paulie Shore and his comments. I'm sure it was like a soliloquy. That only Shakespeare could decipher. And there's Jalen. Look with the Florida sun in the setting. He's 70 for 70 today. 18 touchdowns. Unbelievable. Sirianni is just throwing nothing but rose petals at his feet. So say it, you. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. So say it, you. (laughs) I got to start talking like that. And then, you know, Coach Klein on the other side, we'll get his ass too. I love Coach Klein and Jonathan Gannon's green binder. I can't wait. You think Jonathan Gannon has any plays in that green binder of his? You know, that green binder, you know, that little binder he has? Let me get a play here. I don't have any blitzes on my defensive play sheet. You mean to tell me I don't have any tackle stunts? Where is it? Oh, there it is. Coach Klein. There it is. <laughs> hey, you want to know what a Jonathan Gannon, Coach Klein defensive playbook looks like? Right there. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, Nick says Quez was the second best wide receiver option he's ever been around. <laughs> Uh, hey, Miles Sanders is the greatest hurt running back I've ever seen. 
I've never seen a better hurt running back more in my life than Miles Sanders. It's true. By the way, Jalen Rager, this guy is the greatest bust in the history of Eagle football. You should see him out here. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my God. Coach Klein. (laughs) Who's he talking? You guys can't answer. Who is Nick Sirianni telling that he had his greatest practice to? Just anybody. Tell me. The one he hides behind when the other coach looks at Who is he talking to? Who is this guy talking to? Personally, me? I think he's talking to himself. Jalen doesn't hear that shit. Jalen knows better. This guy's been around coaching his entire life. Father was a coach. He was benched. Won a job. Had to transfer. Was a Heisman candidate. Won a job in the NFL. Look at the journey. He don't need that talk. He, he knows what's up. You know what he probably thinks? Coach must be talking to the players in the locker room. But, dude, you're not convincing Lane Johnson that through that rhetoric or Mulata or Dickerson or Fletcher Cox. This shows me a little bit of his own insecurity as a coach that he has to say that. I think he's talking to his coaching staff because they're so young. Veteran coaching staffs don't talk like that. They don't talk about practice being exceptional versus not exceptional. They expect you to be exceptional in practice every single day. They expect you to do your job every day. They expect you to show up and perform every day. You're not in practice to get kudos. You don't get slaps on the back in practice. That's not what practice is for. You get slaps on the back in the locker room after you beat the Cowboys. And all the hard work pays off. It's like thanking me for being an all-pro before you're an all-pro. This guy's great. What a great player. He was awesome in practice. Hey, shit the bed in the game. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what happened. You looked at the player and you were trying to convince yourself. It just... It doesn't make sense. You remember the fatigues? Please, why do people always remember that? My daughter calls me a convict. They had convicts and Catholics on the other night too. My daughter comes in and goes, oh, there it is, dad. You know, you're on the convict show. What? I thought you were talking about cops because I always see Miami gear on the cops. <laughs> I don't know. Guys are always getting arrested. Shit, even the guy from Trump, Cone. Had a Canes hat on. I'm like, why? I mean, even white collar guys are wearing Canes gear. And I'm like, why? Okay. I'm like, why is everybody doing that? Sure enough, man. She's like, yeah, Catholics and convicts. I'm like, oh my God. So wait, I'm, I went to a Catholic high school. I went to Catholic high schools my whole life. Hey, Big Sills, if you was on this roster, what string? I'm not talking that. 
trade Jalen for Tannehill. <laughs> Why? Why would I want to make a lateral move? I think Ryan's a little better, but I'm, I'm good with Jalen. Okay? Yeah. Hey, Benson. <laughs> this guy's talking shit to people, man, and he's trying to talk to people like, hey, Jalen's really having a great, like, camp. Why wouldn't he? It's a controlled environment. Why wouldn't he? The problem would be if he wasn't. But to get kudos for that? This guy wants to get this guy wants to hand out merit badges before you earn them. That's how I look at it. Don't forget Hollis Thomas will join us in a couple minutes. The legendary defensive tackle. And I'm my first question out of the gate, I'm gonna go, dude. I just, I mean, please help me on Jonathan Gannon. Tell me why I have faith and I should have faith in this guy. Just, I, I'm going to start there. I just want someone to show me one thing and I'll go, okay. Especially a guy that's played 10 plus years like him. Okay. That's all I want to hear. Third string, okay. You know what's funny about all around? So, Seals, you'd be on the third string. Third string in the NFL? Only 20,000 men have ever played in the NFL in 104 years. I'm all right with that. Average NFL careers, three years. I was an average NFL guy? Okay. Pretty good with that, too. Never looked at it that way, have you? Yeah. That's what my wife's pointed out. She goes, so what's the average length of a career in the NFL? Three years. Well, you played seven professional, but you played three NFL credited years, right? I go, yeah. Well, you're an average NFL player. Okay. Pretty good with that. What were you? <laughs> <laughs> and Big Dog says this. What's he supposed to say? Damn, I wish the kid would get better. We're actually thinking about starting Minshew. No, I wouldn't say that either. I'd say nothing. We're getting here's what I would say. Our team really looks really good, man. We're ready to go here for the Lions. I can't wait. Can't wait to see what the team looks like. Everybody's prepared. I'd make it more of a group thing than a single out thing because he's the biggest question mark. The O-line's not a question mark. The running attack's not a question mark. A.J. Brown's not a question mark. Devontae Smith's not a question mark. Dallas Goddard's not a question mark. The quarterback is. He's the only question mark on offense. The only question mark you have is him. He's the only question mark. You got more question marks on defense. Safety, I don't know. The rotation. Try setting the edge one game. We might hopefully see that on Saturday if they play. I don't know if they play yet because, okay. Hey, 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 Dolphin. Don't be shocked if Teddy Bridgewater is your starting quarterback by the end of the year. Okay? 
Shills, I don't think these fools know that if you're sitting on the bench, you're an exception. No, a GT that no, 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 they, no, <laughs> no. Like someone would say Barrett Brooks wasn't a great player. You'd be out of your mind. Guys started, backed up, started, backed up, won a Super Bowl. Revered in Philly. I mean, I, I admire, like like Hollis. I, I might give Hollis a more merit badges because he was undrafted. Barrett and I were high draft choices. Okay? Hollis wasn't. I think East Carolina or something like that. Maybe Eastern Illinois. I forget where he came out of. Spot says can't put it all on Hurt. No, no. Not putting anything on it. I said he's your biggest question mark along with we'll see what the play calling is going to look like at the beginning of the season here. Um, Paul, absolutely. Hey, you know one thing I got to tell you guys about your players and how you guys look at these dudes? These guys play for you in your city. Just like in Boston, Miami, if you play for any length of time, those fan bases, they revere you, man. They do. Hugh Douglas, guys like that. Jerome is beloved in Philly. So is Reggie. So is Seth. Oh, my God. You know what's really cool about our network? Hey, Xander, think about it. We got two of the most beloved guys in the history of the franchise that are on our network. Okay? We really do, man. And you know when you when you when you're a guy like Barrett and you play as many years as he did, and you're a high draft choice, but then you you get a guy like Hollis who wasn't a high draft choice and he plays 12 years. I said this the last time he was on, dude. What he did is more impressive than when you're a first rounder. First rounders get latitude to make the team. Like Jalen Rager's had three years to make the team. Hollis had three minutes. Three minutes to make the team. And he went on to a 10-plus, 12-year NFL career. And he joins us right now here on the National Football Show. I'm sorry, Hollis. I keep starting there because... <laughs> it's 15, though. Did, dude. It, it's 15, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's 15. Dude, what you did is... Un, 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 tell these people how hard that is. Most of the guys that are undrafted, Hollis, right. they get 15 minutes. Yeah, the, the, you know we was uh, you know I do the uh, the Fourth and John show. Uh, now I'm uh, I'm with them each and every week, six thirty sometimes Tuesday sometimes Wednesday. We were going through exactly the fifty three man roster, and we came up to a point where there was some other guys on the uh, on the list, and they were they were saying they were, they keep, keep bringing the first round draft like Andre Dillard. They talking about keeping him, and then they brought up uh, Jalen Jalen Rager, and I was like, dude. I was like, they've got, they've both got three years. Three years, they, they have to, you need to get some, I, I personally feel like give some of the other younger guys a shot to, to make it because they've been given all the shots. You keep them as trade bait or, or whatever you want, but it's like you don't get, we're not, a, we already, when you're an undrafted free agent, free agent, you have to already be polished. You have to, you can't, they're not going to give you the latitude which they're going to get their first round draft picks. They're going to give them all the latitude in the world to mess up. And then you know what else is going to happen? Another team is going to give them the latitude to mess up, and then one more team. We we we're talking about this, and we 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 know one of one of our favorite guys, Carson Wentz, is on his third team in three years because he couldn't get it done. Uh, 
at what point at what point do you start looking in the mirror and knowing that you need to do something you need to take some coaching or something or i don't i don't i don't i don't know uh were you what, what round were you drafted in man i was drafted in the second round yeah see but but see sometimes I mean, you probably pissed too that you were drafted in the second round weren't you well no here 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 here's my thing man is that when you get drafted to a team that's a shitty team and and by the way hollis this is why I revere what you did. I had a three-year pro NFL career, but I played in other leagues like the Canadian League and other leagues. I played seven years of pro ball. But what you did, you got in there. You put your mindset. You were a professional right away. You were polished. I dicked around, and I was looking at going, well, I go from Miami to the Bucks who suck. And I start thinking about <laughs> the dumbest things on the planet, Hollis, instead of doing the most important thing. You know what that was? Playing. Yeah. Taking most- care of myself. That's why you are so mature. Hetty, dude, people don't know how hard what you did was. It's just unprecedented. People don't like I get latitudes. Barrett would get latitude. Like you say, Wentz. Mm-hmm. It's almost like first or second or third round entitlement, isn't it? That those yeah. guys get more opportunities. And it this and this is this will this will uh key you to what fueled my fire as well. I was like it. I was at one point during during, during the mini camp and training camp, uh, the offensive line assistant who was Juan Castillas at the time, you know, they had drafted Jermaine Mayberry first and tried to kick him down the guard. Now, kicking a person down the guard is more than a notion to do in, in any event, but they kicked him down. And he was playing against, he was going against me every day in practice, and I made sure I kicked that ass every every time I got. And I just happened to be walking into practice one day. And this, this probably you you haven't heard this, and nobody else has heard this. So I, I hear him uh, trying to pump Jermaine up, say, "You let it, you let it, you undrafted free agent kick your ass like that." Uh, you know, I had to throw the throw the the accent on there. He's like, "He shouldn't even be touching you. You're a first round draft pick." And then he tried to come to me. I was like, "You're doing what you think you need to do," and, but I proceeded to continue to kick his ass. And so every time I went out there, I felt like I had to prove to everybody that I belonged. And not only did I belong, I belong for a reason. I was like, let them, let everybody know that they made a mistake. I didn't have to say, I just, I don't have to say, it's saying they made a mistake. I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the Josh Rosen telling everybody, telling everybody that they made a mistake. I want to show you. It's like, and the only way that I know how to show you is to play football. Don't think about nothing. Don't think, yeah, I, I party here and there and stuff, but I, I tried to keep my nose clean. And I tried to make sure that make sure that I was in shape and, and strong enough to kick ass, kick ass, and take name. And you think that's it, why you see a guy like like um, Edwards and what they did by drafting the Kobe Dean? You think he has that lumberyard on his shoulder like you did? That hey, this kid may be a third round pick, and you may you may perceive this kid as the heir apparent to me, but he ain't taking my gig. And <laughs> there's, there's something to be said about that, isn't it? I there? think I think I think TJ TJ Edwards got took it personal. I think TJ, you talking about TJ Edwards, right? Yeah. TJ Edwards. Oh, you haven't seen TJ in practice? I, I was, I've been on TJ since he, since he was at, uh, at the University of Wisconsin. I watched him play uh, in, in a bunch of games and stuff against, uh, in, against the, the bigger opponents and stuff. And then I was, I was happy to see him. I've talked to him on a different, a couple of different occasions. He's, a, he's a well-grounded individual, but he's a smart kid, and all he thinks about, all he thinks about is football. And the Kobe Dean is the same way. So, but Nicobe Dean got drafted in the third round, but I think that that's, that's pissing out because they everybody's talking about, oh, he's the heir apparent. He's the heir apparent. T.J. Edwards is hearing that. He's like, nah, you got to work to get this. 
And he's been he's he's come out. He's had one of the best one of the best camps out that I've seen him have since he's been here. Because at, at first, and, but the, I see the same thing in uh, Nicobe Dean that I saw in T.J. Edwards early on. Because um, early on, T.J. Edwards is like, oh, everybody's like, oh God, what do we get this guy for? And it was he was young. He wasn't making any mistakes, but he wasn't popping off. He wasn't popping yeah. off the film. Now he's popping off the film. Yeah, he was getting. Film. I thought he was getting lost in traffic a little bit, <laughs> yeah. false steps and stuff. But he's 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 fixed that. He's rectified it. Exactly, and it, you, but you see a little bit of the same thing with Nicobe Dean. You you see sometimes false like his last preseason game. I watched it, and and I, I saw one. I saw one of your one of your uh, one of your excerpts about Jonathan Gannon. I'm not sold on Jonathan Gannon by any stretch of the means. I don't think I don't, you have to have a certain attitude to play defense or to be a defense coordinator. I was like, he doesn't. I don't feel like he has that. And everybody keeps talking about it's just preseason. No, in preseason you work on what you're going to do during the season. You don't just pull it out your ass and think that think that it's gonna it's gonna magically work. You're supposed to work on stuff like that. And all I see them working on is bend but don't break again. I, I don't I don't see us when we play against it. When we play against the um, the viable quarterbacks and stuff and the, and, the, and the good teams. I see it being a, a shootout and because because we we got a lot of offensive weapons and I feel like we could we could we can hang with the best of them offensively, especially with our line. But if you go out there and do the bend but don't break and don't put any pressure on the on the quarterback to make quick decisions, because yeah, you got to see how people act under pressure. And if they got all day back there to pick you apart, you don't put your you never put your secondary in a bind. And our secondary is in a bind week in and week out because we don't rush more than four. It's like you don't some teams will hold five or six people six people back there sometimes, and it's 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 a fight you're not gonna win often. And we, we don't. I don't think we we were last. Well, we Hollis, middle of I, 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 What I against the Browns, I watched okay. the way Stoutland had them twos going and the way they were knocking oh, yeah. off the ball. Yeah, Dude, I couldn't tell the difference between the first team or second team. Then I saw the defensive guys. I mean, what they? How many times they break the edge down? Ten. I mean, A they were gaping holes, and I saw the <laughs> difference between that coach and Gannon's style. And I said. I wanted the reason I asked you on is I'm like, please help me understand yeah. this guy because I don't think he's a good coach. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so either. The, the one thing that the what we just was talking about that the uh, our offense looked like we wanted our offense look because yeah. when you put out when you put out tools against somebody else's tools, that's supposed to look like ones. Our defense did not resonate with, did not go go with that. And it was it, if you look at it now, your defense, your your your, your players take on your your personality. And it was vanilla. It sucked. We lost contain. We had Dobbs. We had Dobbs ran us to a touchdown. Who the hell is Dobbs? Now I know who he is because I, I watch college football. He was the quarterback at Tennessee, and uh, it was it was horrible. And then I was like, they gave we get we, they uh, broke the edges down the lead at will. Yeah, and the, the the funny part is we go on we go on well we got we're on two twelve two or three twelve play drives. Yep, but we still but we still gave up two or three twelve play drives. <laughs> it's, 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 it's totally Hollis. It's totally the difference. I think Jeff Stoutland wants to, he wants to dominate you. And Jonathan Gannon, I mean, you're in a place with Jim Johnson, Buddy Ryan, Bud Carson, even Jim Schwartz. And then you got a guy that says, Hey, let's keep everything in front of us. Okay. And I'm like, Man, that ain't going to work, bro. I don't know. It's not, not aggressive enough. No, it's not. It's not and, that, and I think, I think uh, Vic Fangio will be in there. <laughs> I know you heard it. Well, check that. I had to check myself. This coach Fangio, 
because it, it was uh, that's how he was introduced to me when I when I when I first got I see I seen uh, Coach Fangio there way back in many camps before he signed before he signed I didn't say anything because I was there as an alumni and I you know you, you if you want to stick if you want to be around in certain situations you just kind of learn to just look and see and be like ah okay I see it. so I think the writing's on the wall for uh, for uh, Jonathan Gannon. Uh, as far as Thomas, do you think that Fangio was kind of like maybe for a day or two brought in as a consultant? Uh, Vic Fangio is, is there now. He's there now. Yeah, he's uh, he's on the coaching staff. He's there for as a defensive consultant. Huh. <laughs> he, I don't know if you remember. He got he got introduced like a, a little little bit back because that's why that's the only reason I'm saying something now because he I was introduced to him as Coach Fangio. Uh, early, early, early in the in the uh, in the in the mini camps back in uh, mini camps back in June, and there, it's like I, I was over there. Uh, I was over there chilling, and not only I wasn't the only one introduced to him. He kept the uh, defensive line was introduced to him. The linebackers. He's like, hey, this is Coach Fangio. You say hi to Coach Fangio. So, so Fangio's in the building as the guy in waiting. If this thing doesn't get going here, interesting I, stuff. That is fantastic. I think he's going to be. I think first, first off, he's going to be used as a sounding. I think first he's going to be used as a uh, as a flame to light under under his under uh, Jonathan Gannon's ass. If you don't, if you if we see the same thing and we don't see a dominant performance with an aggressive defense out there, then we we have to put somebody who can put one, put us one on on the table. We give you all the tools. I was tired last year. Everybody talked about what he had. If you don't have any DBs that can't can't cover, you know how you how you rectify that. You get the ball out of the quarterback's hands fast, and get so you don't so the DBs don't have to cover all damn day. That's how you do it. You know, pressure. It's the oldest cliche in the world. Pressure bust pipes. So if you, but if a quarterback can stand back there and play seven on seven, hell, even Brady Quinn can do that. I don't know you saying who is Brady Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> Hollis, what do you make of Jordan Davis? I, li- I love Jordan Davis. I-, I like the fact that he's uh, a. He's I like what I like what I'm seeing too with him. Yeah, it's like I didn't I didn't like what I saw from him in the Cleveland game. I think he took a, a step back. So uh, ho- hopefully the uh, coaches criticize him enough to where he picks it picks his game up. And um, I-, I still want to see more violent hands from him. Uh, when I say violent hands, is, is getting getting off the. You know what I mean? Yeah. Form of lineman getting off the damn blocks. Yeah. Yeah. But getting off the blocks because you know, if you come back to the sideline and the coach a- asks you what happened. Holding is if they didn't throw a flag or holding, it wasn't holding. That's you right. Get out the block. So, uh, I love what I'm saying. Lyman gets in front of somebody and mm-hmm. he doesn't even have to block you if he's in your way of the gap or in the hole. He's got right. you. You're you've lose that. What may, what I think makes Aaron Donald so good is that hand slapping and him getting away yeah. from that and him getting around that Hollis. He because you know he's a six foot guy, he's yeah, kind of he, like you and me, so yeah. he's got the leverage in there. He's he's and a hand fighter. Also, also the hip, the hip flips and he and he, yeah, and he, he really good hip and it, and it's a pad pad level and yeah. drop and, and running people over. He runs like, the hula he, hoop, you know what I mean. Yeah. He gets around that hula hoop really well. The only yeah. thing I say about Davis is that you can see sometimes, and I'm I'm assuming um, Hollis that it's an NFL thing, but mm-hmm. because of the lack of conditioning and the lack mm-hmm. of practice time, you see that he's got a full tank at the beginning and he could dominate the blocker. He turns shoulders. He gets up into the gap. But mm-hmm. then as, as it goes on, he gets lost sometimes in the wash and yeah. he gets hooked and slipped sometimes. I think it's yeah. because of conditioning. You agree? Yeah, yeah, I think I think so too. I think it's we're gonna I'm gonna have to get in this because 
and in college they do conditioning, but somebody's always telling you in the pros you had to. I had to learn that too. You yeah. do it yourself. So practicing that hour a day is not going is not going to get it, especially when it comes to the games that gets deep in the season, the playoff time, because though as you know, they provide you with some tasty meals. <laughs> Those train tables are awesome in the NFL, man. Yes. Especially when you're on the road, man. They're, I got everything oh, oh. in there, man. <laughs> and, and then not only that, you're gonna like every every uh, ice every cream, road. all kinds of shit is in there. I, yeah, I know, but but it's like when you get to most cities, I, I would look for the IHOP for uh for dinner. <laughs> White in, Castle, get, White Castle, IHOP. I just found a White Castle up in Allentown doing all the uh, all the bird. I did all the birds uh podcast, and I was just driving back to Philly. And all of a sudden, I was in the right-hand lane, and all of a sudden, all the way over to the left, I spotted White Castle. I was like, "I was like, good luck, everybody." <laughs> hold on, hold on for a second. I've got your email address, and I'm going right. to send you. Hang on, I get, I get, I get coupons for free um, White Castles, and they are coming to you, Hollis. I am okay. because I send them to Brooks too, dude. I hey, and Big Seals does this. Um, hey, how many White Castles you want? I go. Does it look like I eat three? I want 24 of them things. <laughs> we get, I get the double cheeseburgers. <laughs> I get I get six six to ten double cheeseburgers and a large Dr. Pepper. And so they always look at me like they'd be thinking there's two two or three people in the car could have ordered six to ten cheeseburgers. <laughs> hey, hey, what do you what do you make of these joint practices? You think you get anything out of these joint practices and these controlled scrimmages? But I, I think they do, especially the way they, the way they're gearing down. And uh, I think the the more um, the more that you do them, you give your guys a chance to go against somebody who doesn't give a damn about you making the team. And I, I think that because we used to do it against the Ravens, and I, I've done it against the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, against the uh, the Houston Texans. But w- when you do that, it gives you an opportunity to hit somebody else. Not only hit somebody else, but see how you would fare and against against somebody. Because in the if you look at it in the preseason game. It's not like it, it's not like it used to be. The preseason game, you used to know the play, the uh, starters. They're gonna come out and they go to the first quarter, possibly a little bit to the second quarter. Second game, they go first quarter, second quarter. Third game, they play the first quarter, second quarter, half of the third quarter, and then the fourth game they out. You don't get that type of you don't get, you don't get that type of uh, those type of reps anymore. And those are the live reps that, that that the guys need to get you know to get act, back acclimated to football. We we tend to everybody tends tends to think now. I don't know if it's the the fantasy crap or, or whatever the hell it is. They think that you could just uh, at the beginning of the season roll your damn helmet out there. You're not ready. No matter how many weights you lift, no matter how many times you run around a damn block, you're not ready to play football until you've practiced playing football. And those soft tissue injuries will let you know. The slop poor sloppy play will let you know. You got to stay. The weird, not even weird. It's like. You know how you, you might be having a great season and at the end of the season, you and you're doing great. You're not going to come back in that same damn form. You no got to work back to that form. That's it. It's the hard. It's not, it's, it's one of the hardest things in the world. Getting your steps back, getting your hand placement back, you know, it, keeping your pad level low. It's like, you, you, if you watch, if you, if you ever not doing anything one time, watch the pad level of the players from the beginning of the season who practice. Oh, yeah. And that, yeah. It'd be up here when it's supposed to be down here. And then as the low, low man wins all the time, but the pad level of stuff is, is slothful and the play is slothful. So you, you really need that time, that time against those other teams to, to learn that stuff. As you see, we have a Cadillac. We have a, we actually have a Ferrari whose uh, speakers aren't working all the time. Uh, and our running back in uh, Miles Sanders. 
<laughs> Dude, I'm telling hey, you, guys made a paper from Miss Shay, man. I mean, he's made a paper from Miss Shay. This guy. Yeah. I'm sorry. If I if reliability and durability, Hollis. Yep. That's part of it too, you know. Yep. If you can't make the club in the tub. No. <laughs> but it's like, no, hey, by the way, okay. Hugh Douglas making it to the Ring of Honor. You, Corey Simon, all them guys on that defense, man. <laughs> That just must have been a hell of a party, man, getting out there in that huddle <laughs> and being in I, that huddle and playing. I heard some Hugh Douglas stories, though, man. Right. I didn't realize that you guys would have to go like this to the guy. Hey, please play the run, dude. Please well, play no, the run. I didn't well, know you guys I, had to really give beg him they, to play the run. They had to beg him to play the run. I just played off of him. I played uh, – once they moved me over there uh, – I pretty much know knew the uh, right defensive tackle, right defensive end responsibilities, but I, I predicated myself on knowing exactly where everybody was supposed to be on defense. That's how I studied, so that I could know I could know the latitude in which I could move and, and, and throughout the de- throughout the Jim Johnson's defense. And the thing that um, I was told when they moved me over there, because when Corey came, they, uh, Corey couldn't play the right defensive tackle, and I, I could, so they moved me over there. Uh, Bill Johnson called me. He's like, you have to tell that crazy, that crazy MF for where to go. And I was like, uh, I said, what you mean? He's like, you literally have to tell him where to go. He gonna get Bill you there. Bill Johnson coached you? <clears throat> no, 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 no. Bill Johnson, Bill Johnson, we was played with me. You oh, know okay. Bill Johnson. He Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson. Tommy Brazier. The way they told me about moving me to uh, right defensive tackle was I had a great practice on the Wednesday before we were playing the the uh, on the uh, versus the. Um, the Cowboys. This year we beat the Cowboys 40, uh, 41 to 14. Well, that that Wednesday, I had a great practice. I'm at home. Uh, I had my. I was breaking out my run, my run slash. Because uh, I used to get a DVD that had the runs, had the um, and all the screen formations that they ran, and uh, and they top runs. I was about to watch that. My phone rang, and I looked over, and so when I look over, it's like it said two one five four six three twenty five hundred. It's like from the from the stadium. So yeah. I was like, hello? It was like, yeah, Hollis. It's Tommy Brazier. Yeah. Uh, you remember when you asked me if I needed you to play right defensive tackle? It's like, I, I say, yeah. He's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I need you to do that. Corey, Corey looked like shit over there. We don't want, <laughs> we don't want to ruin his confidence. So, and. Uh, and so I, he played I, the three and you played the one. No, no. He just played left defensive tackle. Okay. And I played right defensive tackle. Okay. So then, uh, so then, I get to my locker the next morning, and so, so Hugh said, "Did they talk to you?" I was like, Mother, "It's like you knew this shit already. You didn't call me and tell me." <laughs> Did they talk to you? <laughs> and so, uh, so being over there, I didn't realize what Bill, Bill had, Bill, Bill Johnson had called me because Bill was no longer on the team. He, I think he's retired at the time. So he's like, "Yeah, you gotta tell that, you gotta tell that boy where to go." I was like, "What?" I said, "What you mean?" I said, "What you mean?" He's like, "You have to tell him where to go." So we was in practice one time and. <laughs> For the first time, me playing over there, and we, uh, I got the hand signals because I knew the hand signals as well. So I got the hand signal, and I would repeat it to the rest of the line because, you know, as a D lineman, you want communication is the key. Yeah. yeah, repeat it, and then, and then he was just looking at me, and I was like, oh shit, he he want to know where to line up. <laughs> he don't know where to line up. <laughs> now I say he wanted to know where to line up and what we had. So see, he and and so so it wasn't that he didn't know. He didn't know what to do. He knew what to line up, but he wanted to know what our responsibility was. So he, so because he, 
sometimes we will manipulate the responsibilities because a lot of times everybody would jump out on him to try to jump set him to stop it to stop his thunder up up the field. So when we, we got somebody like that after he got tired of you know kicking the ass up the field, he's like we would get a call and I was, I'd be like uh, he he like. He's like, big dog, what you got for me? I was like, I say, I say, keep jumping. He say, yeah. I say, well, I'll set the table, and you just come, just come, uh, set him up and come inside. So what I would do is I would take a step down inside, uh, to, like I was going down, like I was slamming inside, get to the guards back, get the guards back turned, and he bow bow upfield. They start calling it a wing stunt because <laughs> it's a, it's called. He made up the wing and the slice in the defenses that you see around. He, Hugh Douglas is the reason why that why why that, those stunts are, are are available because every time you tell him not to do it, he was gonna do it when he when it when he was presented to him. At some point, he was gonna do it. So why he 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 did rewrite the book, the Jim Johnson book on defense because he was he was good enough for you to do that. So anytime you get a wing stunt or a slice stunt, wing is the weak side, uh, in slam down the side, and versus run run action to to our side, I replace him. And versus pass, I would replace them. So you hey, didn't have any responsibility. Hollis, finally here. <laughs> do you feel good or do you feel concerned about this 2022 defense going in with Gannon running it? Not so much because last year the personnel was the issue, right. according to people in the media, right? Right. Oh, he didn't have the talent. That gets exposed now, doesn't There's no more right. excuses here. Do you feel comfortable with this defense? Being a improving from a year ago, I feel like I, this is this is how I feel. I feel like we're going to improve a little bit, but I think that if, if the the season has some ebb and flows, and it's going to be an ebb and flow to where we kind of that bend but don't break crap is 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 going to be our Achilles heel because there's going to be some times where we're in a, in a dog fight and we're going to need the ball back. Bend but don't break doesn't get us the ball back. If people are running down your throat and stuff, you have no run blitzes. Yeah. You have no, you have no blitzes whatsoever in there. They're going, they're going to destroy you. It's like you can, you can do whatever you want to, and then that's when some of the players is going to be some dissension in the ranks, and then some of the players are going to say some stuff in the media, like I'm paid to get sacks or some stuff like that, and then I think that's when you're going to see Vic Fangio. I, I think, I, I think he's going to come in and run some of the stuff because it, it's like I would, uh, I would love to see any of his blitzes, any, any pressure packages. It's like even even if you just do what it was a couple of games where it seemed like we were dominant and we were causing turnovers and stuff because he's making the quarterback throw quickly, and it was all he was doing was running basic line stunts. You are, it's like when you give the big dogs up front something to do and it's different from what the crap that you've been showing, you get results. You cannot continue to put the secondary in the bond that we that we've been putting them in week in and week out and think that they're going to come up big. I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you. I don't. I don't trust him. I don't trust like, him, and I, I. I just don't see it right now. Hollis, I got a roll here, man. But I know you do, man. You've been spectacular, man. I really <laughs> love talking with you, and I so respect your career so much. And Appreciate all the things you, man. That you've accomplished, man. It's an amazing career, and it's an amazing story. And you're one of the great legends in Philadelphia. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate Hopefully you. We can do it again. Most definitely, we do. We will. I'll talk to you later, man. You got it. Hollis Thomas, you hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
plan your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with Action News and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising right now. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. On TV, on 6abc.com, and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you. Action News and AccuWeather. The team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy, Big Sills. Hey, guys, sorry, I didn't know Nick. I didn't know Vic Fangio was on the coaching staff. I had no clue he was on the coaching staff. I I, I didn't. I didn't know. I hadn't heard that. Well, according to Hollis, they introduced him as Coach Fangio. Okay? And he's been brought in as a special assistant and they're calling him coach. And he was introduced as coach Fangio, not special assistant. He's a, yeah. Xander. I know that I heard that before a couple, a couple weeks back. He says he's on the staff. If you go back and listen to that interview, Hollis Thomas says he's, I asked him again, just to clarify. He's a special assistant to the defensive coordinator. I heard him say it, but he was wrong. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to um, find out a little bit more on that one here because you could be, because like Jim Schwartz is in the building in Tennessee. And Jim Schwartz is a special assistant to the defensive coordinator and to Mike Vrabel on defense. 
And it's kind of a coaching job, but it's not. Um, because, okay. Okay, so Hollis is saying, he's saying that he's on the staff. I thought special assistants had a different designation, and that's why they do it, because I'm going to give you a little example of that. The year that the Patriots went to the Super Bowl against the Packers, Belichick was fired by the Browns, remember? He wasn't the D coordinator of that team. Bill brought him on as a special assistant to the head coach specializing in defense. And so he was there for the defensive coordinator, who I forget – you know, it may have been Al Groh. I don't, I, I, I don't remember. It could have been Romeo Cornell. I don't remember who the defensive coordinator was on that Packer team. Or, excuse me, on that Patriots team. Jalen Hurts torched Vic Fangio's defense last year through the air. And the Fangio defense destroyed the uh, Cowboys, too, in Dallas destroyed the Cowboys, crushed them. Game was never close. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Agreed. Eagles did a fine job against Fangio, but Fangio crushed the Cowboys, crushed them. By the way, LB's on tomorrow. Lord Brunson. I love talking with him. So he will be on pretty big news. James, I want to get a clarification on that. And I'll get you, I'll bet you John McMullen. Hopefully we, uh, can get a clarification on that with uh, John McMullen because according to Tom, according to Hollis, he said he saw him a couple weeks ago and they introduced him as Coach Fangio. And I said, he's on the staff. He goes, yeah. And he's in the waitings and he's a special assistant to the defensive staff. And I had not heard that. Now, let's get some clarification before we start with rumors and such, because I don't, I don't want to go anywhere with that until, and I'm not calling Hollis a liar here, because that special assistance role, um, yeah, you know what? See, Xander, I, I, that's Xander's right. Don't you always call a guy? I would call him too. I don't give a shit what special assistant means. Uh, that doesn't mean anything to me. If Coach Johnson was a special assistant, I'd still call him Coach Johnson. So, yes. I just want to make sure we get a clarification on what his exact job is with the Eagles. If that was a one practice thing, or if he's too truly on the staff now as a special assistant to the head coach, because, you know, I saw somebody say, isn't he at Jackson state? That's Mike Zimmer. See, I could, Hey, GT consultants and, you know, coaches like that, it's another way of bringing those guys in and creating another job. Saban was notorious with this when he was the head coach of the Dolphins. He wanted as many good coaches as he possibly can. Um, yeah, but AGT, but I asked him again. I said, so he's on the staff? And he said, yeah. I wanted because I wanted to be clear, and I said, "Wow, okay, I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard that." Okay, and Hollis said he was told. If you listen, go back and listen to the interview. He said he was told that he's on the staff. Okay, I'm not calling him anything. You know, he was there at practice. He saw him. He met him. He met all the coaches. He goes, "I met the defensive coaches. I met the linebacker coaches." 
And then when they introduced him, I go, he's on the staff. He goes, yeah. I was like, okay. Now I don't know what that means exactly. So I'm not reporting anything. I'm just having a conversation here. Yeah. You know, big dog. I, I would call him coach Fangio too. Okay. I'm not, uh, Hey, let's just get a clarification before we start talking, because let me say this. If Vic Fangio is in the wings and he's giving his opinions on the defense, I feel a lot better about that defense going into September. Okay. You got a guy kind of not telling you what to do, but kind of like, you know, given his opinion on what you're doing, it's always great to have experience telling you and showing you maybe something that you're not seeing. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, and it's no shade. All, all coaching staffs do this. Like for Dion to get Mike Zimmer, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Rage, I, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm not saying Hollis is wrong. Again, you guys go back and listen to that interview. That's all I'm saying. So, um, but that's a, hey, how about this if we agree to this? Xander, right? If we all agree to this, it's pretty good that he's around the program. If that's the case. And that he's around the defense. I'm not saying that he's pulling strings or anything. I'm saying it's pretty good he's around it. If they have him as a special consultant to the defensive coordinator, it's no shade on anybody. All teams do this. All teams throw those kind of guys in that mix there. So let's just see again. Maybe we can get John to give us a little bit more on it because, you know, if you go back and listen to Hollis, um, and I'm going to, I make sure I heard what he said to be exact there. So anyway, Lord Brunson tomorrow, we'll have him at, I believe, 430. And we'll get his perspective. By the way, his hat is kicking ass with A.J. Brown and with Jalen Hurts. The Hurts season, I mean, I really like it, man. That's really cool stuff. So we'll have our boy on tomorrow. We will talk with him. Please hit the like button. You guys have been awesome again till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. Xander, great job as usual. Tomorrow we will see you, and we will see you on the flip side. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.